Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and in-betweeners. I'm your hostess with the mostest here, Alexander Rodriguez, for On The Rocks Radio Show, where celebrities and cocktails mix. A big shout-out to our sober listeners. Thank you for driving us home. We need you tonight. Happy days are here again on our Hollywood prairie. Ah, did you like that? Uh, where a battle of the TV stars commences with Alison Arngrim, Little House on the Prairies, Nellie Olson, my favorite bitch, and I say that in West Hollywood a lot, uh, Golden Globe nominee Anson Williams, Happy Days is Potsy, who also directed every TV show that you've ever loved, um, and we're going to talk about all of them, and actor Maize, named after the corn of my people, a sheep in wolf's clothing from Gotham, Mr. Robot, Sci-Fi's Happy, Charmed, Grim, Blacklist, you name it, he's been in it. And our pop culture report segment with cover and runway model Stephen Daler and my guest co-host, non-profiteer Michael Ferreira, my partner in crime. Let the games begin. Thank you for being Life is a banquet, and most poor suckers are starving to death. I'd like to propose a toast. This is On The Rocks with Alexander, coming at you from Sunset Gower Studios in the heart of Hollywood, where I drink with your favorite celebrities, and we talk about fashion, entertainment, pop culture, reality TV, and, and that's about it. So pop a court, pour a glass, lean back, and enjoy On The Rocks, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Oh, listen to that applause. It is going to be a bumpy night because our security guard is new and got everybody lost. <laughs> which they filmed here, by the way. See that Security tire? guard's new. The hard drives are down. Every, the it hard is, drive crashed. Wait, wait, it's, it, isn't it Mercury? Is it Mercury and retrograde, yeah, if you believe in that. No, well, my I, retrograde is always Mercury or film during that time, And my electronics have been screwy all week. I can't even use electronics. I'm the only idiot that still has like an iPhone 2. Woohoo! Uh, we have so much talent in this little, little room with so many connecting circles showing that Hollywood truly is connected. Classic TV. Tomorrow's TV in one room. We talk about your favorite shows, Love Boat, Fantasy Island, Baywatch, Charmed, mm. Melrose Place, Blacklist, True Blood, Star Trek, Beverly Hills 90210, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Mr. Robot, Happy Days on Sci-Fi, and of course, Little House on the Prairie. Only thing yeah. missing is Norman Lear because he's in the kitchen making us our drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe he has a podcast? He's like 100 years old and he has a podcast and he has like really it's cool people. It's well, he just like, had a new TV show he did one day at a time, like that oh, reboot, right. which was fantastic. It was so good. Jesus, I, like, I want to know. We're gonna wrote, find out. got a biography at 92, I think. He's a God. Like, I'm already showing signs of deterioration right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm already uh, tired. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just tired listening to that. Um, hello to our listeners around the nation on iHeartRadio, Universal Broadcasting Network, Player FM, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Satchel, Google Play. Now we're on YouTube Live. And, of course, we are Facebook Live on Hillcrest Social in San Diego, True FM in Ohio, hello, Ohio, and nationally on Reverie Network and Bear World Magazine. Rawr. Check out my <laughs> weekly interviews, movie reviews, and movie news in Bear World Magazine. This week I wrote about... You know, we're all hearing about Star Wars. Well, I have something for Star Trek fans because I am the biggest Star Trek fan. You know, you know, oh, I am. I've got yes, a little I think bit. I'm one A. Yeah, one A, right? I have the <laughs> uniforms. I have the props. We had uh, we had uh, Walter Koenig on the show. We've had Armin Shimmerman, had, which I think you probably worked Wilson on the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, Wilson, Wilson Cruz. He won't return my calls after our last date. Anyway. <laughs> so, but in Do Star- tell. Do yeah. tell. <laughs> that's, that's from my biography. <laughs> okay. Right, right, right. Um, what would your uh, autobiography be called? <laughs> Elaine Do Stritch. Tell. My biography would be called Elaine Stritch because we had shared the same life. <laughs> Drinking again. Um, anyway, but uh, so I wrote about Star Trek. Quentin Tarantino is retiring from the industry, and his final film, uh, it just got greenlit, he is writing and directing with J.J. Abrams, 
It's going to be the next Star Trek film. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, th- wow. I thought they were going to bring back Yikes. like Kill Bill eventually. Uh, they were going to do Kill Bill 3, but apparently this is his dream project to go out on a high note. <laughs> and it's going to be the first rated R Star Trek ever. And they're bringing back Patrick Stewart. I do, I do like Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Right, yeah. but how many time travel Star Treks can we have? At this point, I'd go back in time and go to the gym. <laughs> That's when the laugh. Is that was took a while. Yes, there's like yeah. a cricket yeah. in the room. The laugh, the laugh, no, the laugh is coming. He was <laughs> coming. <laughs> okay. Maybe Anton, you can Finally direct got me that how out. to sound it better. The That's security it. guard got more laughs. Okay, yes, than yes, I did. yes. We'll let you read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still stuck on the Tarantino Star Trek. I, 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 I don't yeah, know. Uh, I think it's going to bring. I'm actually really disappointed by the Kill Bill thing. I'm surprised he's. I mean, retiring. Is this have to do with? Does this have to do with? Weinstein Company and all that going down. Do you think it's basically the privilege said I'm done, that's it? Yeah, and so maybe he can't do Kill Bill 3 because so many people have been... Because they made the whole thing about, like, what was it? Uh, Who was it, Vivica Fox? Yes. Yeah, her daughter comes back, and that's the whole story. She's the the one that's going to come back later. Who would play her daughter? I don't know. That would be awesome. I want to be in the cast room for that one, but now it's not going to happen. You know, it's going to be like, hopefully, it's not someone stupid like Solange Knowles or something. <laughs> God. <laughs> I need another, you know, Knowles CD. Uh, for our audio listeners, you can check out our video stream on Facebook, now YouTube, on On the Rocks Radio Show and Hillcrest Social app. Download it. All of our video is there. Um, our live streams out and about in the world, we're all there. Download uh, the app for iPhone and Android today. They do concert giveaways, product giveaways every week, so check it out. Next week, you guys, I'm so excited about. Next week is our On the Rocks Christmas party, live on air with actress who's become a very fun friend of mine, Joanna Cassidy. Of course, we love her from Who I directed her. Oh! Ding, ding, ding. How all awesome. Yeah. All, all, say <laughs> hi. Say hi. All American Murder with, Chris, uh, with Christopher Walken. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, 1994. And she was amazing. She is so. She, she's she's such a she's cool great. lady. She came on the show a few weeks ago. She yeah. talked for two hours, and I literally just, I mean, she was amazing. And then that laugh. And she looks amazing. <laughs> she, yeah, she is. But say hi. She's, she's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, she's special. Well, she's coming mm-hmm. on. Of course, we love her. And I'm really brother. pissed off because you didn't invite me. But that's fine. Hey, it's, it's a Christmas party. You <laughs> sure. are welcome. Christmas party. You, you know, get here, nothing. There you get stuff, you know. <laughs> we have water. <laughs> and we have I know. Vodka. And vodka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We always have vodka. Right. <laughs> uh, so she's coming on with her business partner and actor, and I'm really excited. Uh, Walton Goggins from Justified, Sons of Anarchy, Ooh. Vice Principals, Tarantino's Django, speaking of Tarantino, Django's Unchained, and The uh, Hateful Eight. Um, and someone's cell phone is close. There we go. Um, and also, we're being joined by our On the Rocks bestie, Austin Power, and uh, con man's Mindy Sterling uh, is coming to join the party. And we're doing a taste testing of gin, vodka, and te- uh, tequila. Uh, Joanna and Walton have uh, a, a liquor company, and it's an LA based liquor company. It's called Mulholland Distillery, and it's all about like film noir. <laughs> it's not me, sweetie. Okay. Um, anyway, so we're going to be doing uh, taste testing. We're going to be telling stories from Hollywood and some holiday music. So there you go. Uh, okay. Whose phone is that? I'm on airplane. There we, oh, Mr. Williams, it was you. No, no phones no, on set, you. Mr. Williams. I'm just teasing. We have to get the security guard. Please. Anything. Don't call the security guard. Please. No. Please. Anything but that. It was already a sentence. I'm just so glad security is so good. People can't even find us. My mom, Mama Rose, is in the chat room on ubnradio.com. And she's on Facebook Live answering your questions. She's huge fans of everybody here. So keep her busy with your questions. If it's a burning question, she will interrupt the show and let me know. Keep her busy. Otherwise, she'll just she'll 
drink too much vodka. Um, hello to our engineer, Chris. Chris, hello. How are you? Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey. Okay. Hey, Chris. <laughs> That's as much as we're going to get. Like us on Twitter and Instagram at On The Rocks, uh, on air, on the web, on the rocksradioshow.com. And now all of our episodes are there. So if you just want to go to on the rocksradioshow.com, just click there and listen to all the episodes. Send me an email. Book me for a wedding, funeral, quinceanera, bris. I don't care. I will be there. Info at on the rocks radio show. Com. Let me formally introduce my co-host for today, Michael Ferreira. Uh, hello. Uh, hello. Welcome back to the show, by the way. Thank you. It's been a little bit. Yeah, I, it has. I like your shirt. Oh, thank you. I decided to unleash Did you the buy Superman. it that way, or did you, like, were you no, too actually, cheap you and know you just, like, bought, like, a transfer <laughs> wow. and put it on? <laughs> no, actually, Vintage. this was actually on the front, co- front of the New York Times one time. Um, this guy just decided that he was going to go around and buy vintage <laughs> children's sheets and cut the superheroes out of them. <laughs> and he started, you know, stitched them to the, to cool. the T-shirt. Yeah. And then every time you wash it, it gets more... I like it. You know, it's like really it. cool. It's really, ni- it's really nice. It's really nice. Really, really good. Yeah. It's a little creepy, maybe as well. Like <laughs> it could be like a <laughs> villain on Grimm that maybe Michael Mays is playing. Like, <laughs> Superman on a T-shirt. No, creepy. Uh, like cutting children's sheets and like putting them. Uh, no. You would no. go there. You would yeah. go yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. but like in a like a like in a like handsome. Is this and like because because of the Alabama <laughs> yeah. Roy Moore election no, the today? They were talking about deeper and deeper. Let's go back to Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, like you know, like you know, enticing the children. Wait, Superman. Oh, this is it. Superman to Hansel and Gretel. Oh. Hmm. Welcome it? to my mind, Hansel. Who's, <laughs> oh, who's, in, the ov- who's in the oven? I don't think he suggested they were mm. used cheese. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow, now you just made you. it creepier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just <laughs> added another layer yeah. to the bed. It's a whole TV show. Michael's going to star. Anson's going to direct. Allison's going to co-star. Under the sheets. Oh, my God. I can't even, you guys. Anyway, longtime friend and leader in the nonprofit world, founder of LifeWorks Mentoring, the leading LGBT youth program now at the LA LGBT Center and currently executive director of the AIDS Monument going into the West Hollywood Park. An avid uh, entertainment junkie <laughs> and performer himself, he has seen practically every Broadway show, uh, every movie, literally, big movies, small movies, and big name concerts you can think of from Barry Manilow, uh, Hello Dolly, Cher, Cher, Cher. Let's well, so Katy Perry in there, like so I'm not so aged. Yeah. And Katy Perry, <laughs> Celine Dion, Britney. I mean, I want your like ticket scrapbook. Yeah. That's what I want. Well, you know, Kevin Berg's here today, and yes, he's Kevin largely Berg. responsible for a lot of those concerts. Look how he's so, yeah. sitting. What calendar are you posing for, <laughs> Peter Berg? Um, so welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's so good to be back. And what a great show to come back for. I mean, I, I'm really kind of, I have to tell you too, so I can be, gonna, he loves it when I get all gushy, but um, about, about people on the show, but you know, it really, looking at the two of you over there, I'm a kid from Connecticut, <laughs> you know, when I was in you know, high school, watching both of you on television, I mean, both of your shows were two of my absolute favorite shows, you know, the beginnings of your career, Happy Days, and Little House on the Prairie, and then I've gotten to know Allison over the year because of her activism, and of course now I'm you know, helping to build an AIDS monument. And your activism in the HIV/AIDS world is is uh, is well known and legendary. Um, it's over the course of many years, and thank you for thank you. doing that work. And um, Anson's become this amazing director, has directed a lot of my favorite shows. But just to look at you two here, and just to be brought back to, I, I mean, I'm sure you get that a lot, right? Because People, you know, you're part of our memories. You're part of our lives in a really, really key way. Well, and continuing, too. Yeah. And we both look good, too. Amazing, <laughs> well, I mean, by the way. Well, you, well, you look good. Uh, excuse I me, Anton, I saw a shirtless pic of you not taking not yeah. so long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woof, talk about a calendar. Happy days are here again. Uh, <laughs> no, but that was, that was actually, from, uh, you know why I did that. I get tired of the people judging you by age. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. I, I'm tired of that crap. Yeah. Honestly. Well, if that's, a, that's a societal merry-go-round. 
excuse me, who made who made up the who made up that ride here? Yeah, your age is nothing. So I wanted to show I'm 68, Looks and amazing. and you Which can do amazing. and you can do more now than you you know you can take everything you've learned, improve and move forward and do more than you've ever done. What is this? psychological like meltdown of it's yeah. over people want so to impose limits so i wanted to just yeah. show that you know hey you know no you can look good you can feel good and you can move forward and you can do more than you've ever done any age awesome yeah. that's why i say when i'm 68 i'm going to start going to the gym because that's that's, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's a good time to start i'll smoke a little potsy well, that's a couple of years away right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh my god uh, anson william just threw shade uh, <laughs> see, you see, learned now that from Melrose know. place didn't you <laughs> i learned a lot from Melrose place yes <laughs> but it's so funny your shows and we're going to talk about this yeah. about your shows generation after generation and different uh, different countries are now seeing it for the first time as it's introduced in their countries, and they're reliving it. And the the story, the stories are still relevant. Right. Friendship, family, growing up. Well, Allison, is your is your yeah, show been, is it is it been shown in China yet? Uh, I think so. I just started getting mail from China, Seriously. Russia, and Africa. We're we're in 140 wow. countries, but it's only recently I started getting the mail from China. Because wow. you know, Happy Days is not in half the world yet. Ooh. It's not in India. It's not in Russia. It's not in China. Yeah, wow. I start, just You're got not, a couple so letters from Russia and China, so it's just kicking in. Or they're they're de- getting out for YouTube or something. I don't know. That's pretty cool. No, I, I they probably they're probably seeing it. But Isn't it's before like all it, the residuals, right? Oh no no! I am post nineteen seventy four in perpetuity clause. Yeah. <laughs> oh. We we did the in perpetuity yeah. clause, but and then you hear the angels go ah yeah. the in perpetuity clause. Yes. But then what that's the problem. But then you have to make sure you get them. Hello. Because I, I, let me like yeah, like like, like so one. funny, and it's not a lot. You know, as years go by, whatever. But I think what there were there were like three hundred and sixty some ha- episodes of Happy Days, something like right. that. Some crazy ten and a half years mm-hmm. worth, right? <coughs> and uh, I get this little residual check, and it's got two. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I, no, it's got, it's got. I'm waiting. It's got two. Twenty-eight, and I'm going. Where's the other three hundred and sixty-eight? Excuse, you know. Those are yeah. their favorite episodes. No, no, but, <laughs> no. But, but, it, but it's yeah. so it's so screwed up. I mean, they need forensic accounting in there. I mean, it, seriously. Yeah, we've, that's we've a had whole other. You collect that's from China. a whole other activism. It's it's a, no, we co- had that no, with try collecting for America. Oh my god, because it was it was so crazy because it was yeah sure they rerun the episodes. It's been forty years. There's episodes that are worth a buck ninety nine now. Doesn't were, matter. They were worth a ton when they first reran mm-hmm. them, but now they're less. But they were paying very, very on time, and then it was like all of a sudden, that's funny. I haven't gotten a check in a while, and so then we call SAG, and the sternly worded letters go out, and, yeah. the th- and then you go through a whole. Re- oh, oh, that money! Yeah. yeah, we found it in a drawer, and then they pay, and then like another <laughs> year later, we do this all again. Wow. It's this dance we're doing. We're like, yes, we'd like to collect the, the residuals that you like know. Somebody that you do owe their us. job, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, <laughs> bad, yeah. really bad. And, and Michael, how do you keep this in track? Because you're literally on every network right now. You have done a show on every network. And I was just gonna say, I thought you meant two cents because the amount of checks that I have that are zero yeah, cents, one cent, two cents, yeah. five cents, it's it's pretty ridiculous. It costs more but to like, make the check. They had, yeah. Ever since like 10 years ago, when residuals went onto the website, it was you actually had to call and they went right. to their oh list. And, but now everything is like on the SAG website. I got an app so on my can, phone. I can see if it's checks in the mail. It's great. Mm, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and soon... Direct depositing is happening. Again, because they used to have direct deposit. Oh, really? And then because the residuals broke out, there were so many, and you would have like 300 checks for a dollar. Because it's they ridiculous. Said, we're the not going to do it. paper yeah. that is being wasted. And they cut off yeah. direct these... deposit. Because I used to have direct deposit. It was awesome. And then they stopped doing it. It's paying the butt. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll come, I mean, I'll come home after being away, like in New York for three months, and I'll have like 40 checks that equal. 
46 dollars <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> whoa whoa that much wow. <laughs> can you imagine so, that? i'm jealous <laughs> i'm so, jealous which is why direct depositing you're depositing bucks. these checks for like a dollar 12 six cents like of course there's some other ones that are in there that are nicer when they come 19 dollars yes <laughs> <laughs> I had that same problem when I deposited for my stripper days. I was like, <laughs> a stack of. Uh, well, they, well that's much? in the scent area, right? <laughs> yeah. A stack of. Uh, the shade on me again. <laughs> oh, my He's Lord. on a roll. He is on a roll. He's still <laughs> upset about the security guard. I'm, I, for the I'm just sitting here with respect because usually I no, enjoy knows, doing that. Yeah. Hello, he's yeah. a, a director 90210. He, <laughs> he, he, he knows how to do it. Um, <laughs> also, welcome back to our family. Part of On the Rocks family, cover print and runway model Stephen Daler. Stephen has enjoyed success gracing the pages of magazines and print as representing products from all over. He killed it at LA Fashion Week and I was able to sit near the front. <laughs> near the front, not on the front. Um, at the Marco Marco show um, and his episode, uh, part of a uh, reality show of World of Wonder, of course responsible for RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, about the Marco Marco models. Your, your episode is up and streaming. That's all about you, girl. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet, but... Uh I heard it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in it, so of course it's great. Um, he has Mr. February uh, in the uh, International uh, DNA Magazine 2018 calendar, so get that. And it, February, which is your your birthday month, yes, right? Yes, February 13th. Awesome. <laughs> we'll, lucky we'll lucky number 13. Yes. Yeah, I, was, yeah, I was born on a Friday the 13th at 3.13. Oh. That's a movie so with, with the kid cutting <laughs> sheep, man. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the number is oh, 3.13. No, you're, you're bringing that to Superman now? Yes. It's all coming full circle, Anson. Yeah. Going, oh my God! <laughs> but the numbers three and thirteen. Danger, Will here, Robinson, <laughs> Ansel and Gretel, yeah. Ansel and Gretel, <laughs> Superman, <laughs> and you. Sounds like Grim. And now Lost in Space. Yeah. Lost in Space is going all over the place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as long as I can play Gretel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk about all that because your this show's is getting very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last week, uh, Stephen's face and body, of course, kicked off the new campaign for Modus Vivendi. Uh, which is go see uh, the the print ads because it's it's just gorgeous. Thank um, you. And here to bring uh, the tea to to the show, spill the tea with our <laughs> pop culture report. Welcome, Stephen. Chris, let's take it away. Stephen, what is hot, what is not? Well, I'm very glad that that survived the hard, the hard drive, drive crash of 2017. Here at <laughs> but, um, so I'll start off with uh, my girl, Britney Spears. Uh, she, Always Britney. Uh, you know, whenever I can, I will. <laughs> but uh, she only has five uh, dates left in the month for the end of her Vegas show. Wow. Ooh. There's so many rumors of what she's going to do next. Is she going to do another show? Sing live. Is she gonna, I'm, is she, Sing live. Hey, she did. I know, she I did know. A, she, that was like the biggest thing of the year. <laughs> the finally sing live. It's not good when that's the headline. Yeah, uh, right. Britney uh, sings live. But you know what sucks for Planet Hollywood? They're not only losing Britney Spears, who has won 
a ton of like top top Vegas awards, in which they take that very seriously in Las Vegas because they're all about you know the the shows and what brings people and in. History, and by and the his- way. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she she's brought in uh, a ton of youth that have that it's revitalized a lot of uh, Vegas youth. Uh, but they're also losing. Uh, Jennifer Lopez announced that the mm-hmm. show dates that she just announced, which are June thirteenth uh, through September 29th, two thousand eighteen. She kind of was like, I would not, I would I would never say Jennifer Lopez is a filler, but she was like she would. <laughs> She would take she, but after Britney Spears like w- would be on her hiatus for a while, then Jennifer Lopez was the the act that took up that time. Uh, so now that Planet Hollywood is losing both Britney Spears and Jennifer Lopez, and that's gonna really suck. I'm free. I'm totally free. Hey, you know. <laughs> There's a reason. Anson, you're a singer. <laughs> Confessions of a Prairie bitch. We could make it a whole evening of entertainment. Yeah. Ooh. I, just, go, yeah. I really want to go to that New Year's <sighs> Eve. The Britney's last last show is on New Year's Eve, and uh, you know that's going to be wow. That's it's going to be, be good. It's going to really go until the next year, <laughs> like <laughs> 2019. <laughs> We're still here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. So then, next on our list, uh, I'm bringing it to. Um, uh, have you guys ever seen the show, the documentary that was it got really popular, Making a Murderer? Mm-hmm. About yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, no, I, I didn't see it. Yeah, I heard yeah, it was with, great. With, yeah, it's it, well, it's the, the series focused on. Um, Stephen Avery and, and and whether or not they were unjustly convicted of a 2005 murder of uh, photographer Teresa Hallback. Uh, from that documentary, um, there was a younger his nephew uh, Brandon Dacy 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 um, yeah yeah uh, he well it seemed to be pretty clear in what the evidence was shown that he was sort of coerced he was like. Very low IQ. He's probably he's like yeah. 18. You side with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You side with him, and so from that they thought that he was gonna have a successful appeal. And this last week, uh, uh, so the prosecutors. I mean, it would have been really bad for them for him to get an appeal. And he's actually gone through. I think. Let me see what it says. Like four or three or four appeals right now, uh, or or three went through three judges. And uh, the prosecutors asked that a full panel of seven judges review the, the case. And uh, the decision to overturn his conviction was uh, he lost it from uh, four, four to three. Oh, Ooh. God. This poor yeah. kid. And, 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 and it really was, I mean, I mean, of course, they can edit things in, docu- in, in documentaries, and it's always biased to a certain extent. But, I mean, this, this kid clearly just was, he was in, what was it, uh, interrogation for... Out, like, what was it? Something like at least a day. Like he was there for a while. Yeah. Well, funny he was even sh- asking if he could go back to school. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, and, and basically, that you could see that everything that they were telling him that he was just trying to tell them what they wanted to hear in order to get out. Uh, like he thought that if he just told them what they wanted to hear, he, he could get leave. he could leave. Yeah. And then once he told them that he like committed the crime, then they're like, now you're going to jail. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. And this show on Netflix became like a pop culture the, what, where it was the cool thing to watch. It's like, they, you guys, we're watching about a real murder. Like, mm-hmm. this is a this is real. They, they are doing a second season of it. Um, so we'll see what happens with that because, I mean, so there's so much follow-up because prosecutors are saying that they weren't shown in the right light and all this kind of stuff and that there's so much more to it that has, hasn't been seen. So the same story? 
Yeah, I think so. Are they picking yeah. a different murderer? I don't know. I, I don't know. I thought they were going to do you the think other they're murderers. Doing a different murderer? <laughs> I don't know. I'm on, I'm on the death hag <laughs> page on Facebook. Oh, are you? So, <laughs> so that's, 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 it's going to be a murder? whole new murderer. Are there murderers? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's One can always help, Allison. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of cases that they can choose Allison, you must love that Superman t-shirt. Only the used one. From children's sheets. Speaking of Superman, I'll move on to our next subject. The Justice League. Um, so, Yikes, have you guys? Has wah, anyone, I, I I enjoyed the movie, but I mean, I know all the characters and I'm familiar with the whole genre and everything like that. But it underperformed. It didn't do nearly as well as they thought it was going to do. So now DC is uh, contemplating reorganizing their entire lineup for the movies that they're planning on releasing. There's and too many. There's too many. Yeah. Well, that's that's not the issue that there's too many. It's just that the issue is um, that they're doing it in the wrong order. The reason why Marvel's universe has been working is because, I mean, when they got to the Avengers, that was years, years into into the whole genre of like you know Marvel and the characters and stuff like that. But for Justice League, they you only you only had Wonder Woman. Well, they just the, like threw in. Had, We're just yeah. gonna throw in Wonder Woman. Well, they already well they already had well, her. Thank well, God well, they well, did. Well, they already had. <laughs> yeah, right. They, the they, best they, one. They had her solo yeah. movie already. Yeah. They had, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they had Wonder Woman solar movie. They had right. ba- they had Superman. They had a, like a half-ass Batman version. But they had to introduce Cyborg. They had to introduce Aquaman. Oh. They had to introduce. Uh, the Flash, all those characters, and no one was really as invested into those There's characters. There's no emotional connection, yeah. 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 And so, also, to go along with that, uh, Ben Affleck is planning on leaving the role. Uh, uh, wait a minute. He's planning to leave or he's being shown the <laughs> <He's> door? <laughs> Let's he's, get it like correct, Like, he has sir. a choice. <laughs> I, think, I think, honestly, I think he's probably... I think, I think he's leaving. <laughs> bye, Felicia. Yeah, bye, Felicia. <laughs> well, uh, of the current rumor is that Jake Gyllenhaal is going to step in for him, and the way that they're going to do it is uh, Batman, uh, Ben Affleck's last movie is going to be the Flash solo movie because the Flash solo movie is going to be take the... the um, storyline of Flashpoint, which I don't know if you're familiar with the TV show, but they just did that that whole storyline where Flash goes back into the past, saves his mother, it completes a it can uh, creates a whole new storyline. A whole new I thing. have no clue what's happening. Well right. so the Cold issue is right now. they're gonna create another universe <laughs> and Ben and Ben Affleck is no longer gonna exist <laughs> and ju- and and uh, that's how they're gonna create it because they have this whole multiverse theory. And that's what the Flash is gonna do is create they're, a whole they're gonna universe. try to rename it too, aren't they? And they're gonna make it I don't even think they're gonna call it Justice League. I think they were or talking Batman. about it's gonna be called Ratman. <laughs> <laughs> call it like what? What did they call it on uh, Saturday mornings? The show that had like Wonder Twins and all this. Oh stuff. yeah, oh, n- because they think Justice they're heroes. Club. They think that the Justice <laughs> that League name is the actually Justice Country Club oh, with really? rich white superheroes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, are they trying to do like the Injustice League now or the, yeah, the, the, the oh, guys, something of Doom or whatever? Breaking news, Super by the way. Friends. Not Super that we friends. get political on the show, but uh-huh. if you're interested, it doesn't matter what side you are on. Wait, uh, is Alabama Doug Jones? Did he? More lost. Yes, one. Doug Jones won. Thank oh. what? God. Really? <laughs> that is so good. Oh, are you sure? Election. Are you positive? Because it was like 72 to 41. Congressman Ted Lieu just tweeted it. Trump just texted me. He's all, bitch, we lost. Landslide? <laughs> that... No, very small. Really? No, it was so close. It was so close. It was tied like five minutes ago. That's that's what's scary. That is scary. No, it's yeah. yeah. But we don't get political, so whatever side you're on. Well, it is Alabama. Thank you for sorry, Alabamans, but it's true. Yeah, thanks. Well, sorry, Alabama, for your fact. Oh yeah, I just got a I just got a notification from CNN. It says you guys were ahead of CNN. Did you hear that? Excuse me, excuse me. Are your phones on? Well, I have to look. What, at my, why I, are you nailing me? I have to look at my nose. It was buzzy. Why are you nailing you're the, me? You're the closest to that. Oh, Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling was texting you. Really? <laughs> I'm putting my phone back on. I lost a bit. 
all right. Anyway, next I'm, on my list I'm is the <clears throat> the new Fab Five uh, for Queer Jeez. Eye. No longer Queer Eye for the straight guy. It's just called Queer oh. Eye now because I guess they're you know there's, there's some queers that, that need some help. There's some queers. That, there are plenty of queers that need some help. There's plenty of women that need some help. So it's and not queer just women. We got everybody. We got everybody. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's not just the the. Um, the straight guys anymore that are clueless as to what Well, and nowadays, really, the straight guys, they dress better. Look yeah. at Anson. Look at how great he looks. And he's taking shirtless selfies. Like, <laughs> yeah. what is happening? There you go. We're yeah, back no, to that. Huh? Yeah. We're back to the shirtless selfies. And you know, <laughs> it was good. Don Most, yeah. uh, Don Most has done the show. Yes. He didn't do any shirtless selfies. Mm -hmm. He couldn't. I was here when Don Most He's one of my best friends. He, no, yeah. Oh, no, he, he, he talks so highly of you he is. when he the cameras were on. <laughs> All right, so um, for those who are unfamiliar, oh, sure. uh, the original series ran for five seasons and followed five queer men known as the Five Five. The original <laughs> Five Five lent, lent their uh, individual expertise to uh, lucky subjects, back then it was usually straight men, in order to help them improve their lives. Uh, do you want me to go through and name the new people? No, I we mean, don't care. Yeah, but it's, uh, well, I went through and I had to. Oh, nice. I, I, oh Michael, guess who's in it? Oh, uh, Queer Eye, Karama Brown. I know. Karama worked for Who LifeWorks. Who work for me? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I went to. I had to like really research a couple of them because the, well, the because well because they didn't have really. You should any, have been on it. Yeah, why were you on I it? I probably could have. The, like I, I, doing I fitness and beauty. Well, I mean, I, I know, I know, I know Jay and Carson, <laughs> like, but they're they're making guest appearances. Um, but yeah, they, yeah, I think they want. They're serving craft services. <laughs> oh, shut up! <sighs> we love Jay. Jay's been on the show. Jay's doing really well. But um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> such that was ass. funny. <laughs> <laughs> we. But yeah, I went to like one of their pages. I don't. So hopefully we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's Netflix that's bringing it back. So Netflix is usually pretty good. They have had a few shows that you know they brought back. They they brought and they, uh, really. Netflix um, is kicking ass. You know that uh -huh. they they took the rights over from Paramount Studios for Scorsese's new film because yeah. they were willing to pay the budget uh, that Paramount was not <laughs> going to because Scorsese wants to cast the original actors as younger versions yeah. using uh, I think it was like a hundred million of CGI. So mm -hmm. De Niro. Cartel Pesci is back from retirement mm -hmm. for it, and Paramount was like, "No, we're gonna cast younger actors and save money." And Netflix and uh, Scorsese was like, "No," and then Netflix, yes. So anyway, that's awesome. Yeah, not, not, not to bring it like ninety <laughs> degrees elsewhere, but because we're talking about Netflix, I just I just read today. Um, Disney's back on buying Fox, and so they're almost solidifying a deal, which they need to calm down. Aren't be. there rules against like a monopoly? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, they're not. They're not. I don't think they own Fox. They own ABC. They own Disney. They own Marvel. They own Star Wars. Star Wars. Next are the Smurfs. Leave the Smurfs alone. They own the Muppets. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna own all of Fox because it's there's a rule that they can't own. They can't have two main major networks. They can't have ABC and Fox networks. So they're the what Fox is getting rid of is they're getting rid of their their like entertainment aspect. Then they're trying to just go just into like news and media that way. And so. We love Fox News. Yeah, right. So yeah. that's well, they do need that's to focus on that. Split. Like, yeah. That's what, yeah. Uh, but um, so so that means that uh, Disney will now own like all of Marvel, like X Men and everything, which originally was owned by Fox. Now here's the question I have for 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 our group here, Queer Eye. When it first came out, you know, we were still getting a voice in entertainment as the LGBT community. We've had that voice, and are we are we feeding into a stereotype by still being the gay guys that make over people to be fabulous? Is that feeding into a stereotype of what our role in the community it is? It depends on how they take the show, because the, if the show is just them like m making someone over, like just f like for physical appearances, then I say that's pretty shallow. But if they're really trying to help, <laughs> have you been to West Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think that's just West Hollywood. Right. I think that's just like LA in general. But um, I think that if they if they actually try to improve an individual's life, that's more deep than that than, than just the physical appearance of it. Like so, you know, more than just the, the swan. Yeah, that's, that's why, why people it. liked it. I think I think that like it, <laughs> that superficial stuff sort of people see through that after a while, and it gets kind of old and plain, and they need like the the real stuff. That's why like. She makeover home edition worked for a while, you know, until everyone started losing yeah. the homes. I watched the homo edition. It wasn't on a network. It was in my house. I'll just say that's after yeah. hours, right? Anson is like, "What is happening?" All right. So next on our list, um, the much I guess anticipated. I didn't realize that people were really asking for this, but um, there's an Am- <laughs> there's going to be an America's Next Top Model and RuPaul's Drag Race crossover. Uh, Tyra is back. She left for a season. Got real angry. At Rita Ora and she was like, "You're fired. I'm coming back." <laughs> I, I, I guess it just really didn't do well. I mean, you can't really have America's Next Top Model without Tyra because none of the models have really done amazingly, and you're just there to watch her. Well, to be honest, I didn't know the show was still going. I, I didn't. I, I mean, didn't I thought it ended when she left. I didn't realize that Rita Rita Ora took over as a host. And I thought RuPaul and Tyra were the same person, to be honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never saw them in the same room together, and now we're going to. Well, I mean, it, I mean, you can tell that RuPaul sort of modeled that her a lot, of, like kind of like that judge Very panel. True. Very very, yeah, very yeah, much yeah. after Top Model, so yeah. it worked. And they've had a lot of the same people too. Yeah, Mike yeah, they, Ruiz, they, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They've had a lot of crossover yeah, people. Well, that's the thing I'm, I'm, conf- <laughs> I'm, con- I'm concerned about. Not really concerned, but because it's confirmed that uh, the drag queens that will be appearing is Katya, uh, Manila Luzon, Valentina. They haven't confirmed RuPaul yet. I find it kind of sort of pointless if if RuPaul and Tyra are not in the same. I would yeah. love RuPaul like to dress up as Tyra. No, Tyra dress up as RuPaul. Let's, let's face it. <laughs> RuPaul's way more, way more fierce. But I mean, we'll see. If she actually shows up to the show, RuPaul doesn't show up just for a dollar. <laughs> not no more. And not, not for a dollar, not for just a model. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll do a shade of the Yeah, and our final, week. our moment of shade brought to you by Panache Optical Gallery in Palm Springs. They do all of the custom eyewear, sunglasses for celebrities. Uh, you guys, their, their products are amazing. I just went to visit their showroom in Palm Springs last week, um, and their stuff is just beautiful. It's Christmas time, so please consider them. Uh, they give a lot back to the community, and we love Panache. And every week, they supply us our shady moment of the week. Get it? Shady, <laughs> shady, shade. Yeah, usually I'll like, like talk talk about someone that's just like bashing someone else on Twitter. Uh, this this week it was surprisingly, I guess that Charmed reunion's not going to happen. Uh, Rose, <laughs> Mc, <laughs> Rose McGowan and um, slams Alyssa Milano on Ooh. Twitter. Ooh, Alyssa, yeah. Mo- it's it was bad. Yeah, it was. It got kind of ugly. I mean, from Rose's side. I don't, I, Why? Well, it doesn't need to get ugly, especially right now in the climate. It does not need to get ugly. Well, especially yeah. aren't they on the same side? Especially, especially. Yeah, they should be. It wasn't Melissa responsible for me too. Well, yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't well, Melissa. Uh, she wasn't responsible. She wasn't responsible for, but she was part. She was part of it. Yeah, brought it out. Exactly, and that's why it's. Well, the thing is, is well, Alyssa is also friends with Harvey Weinstein's wife, and so the issue was is that Alyssa refrained from making a public statement just out of respect for right. her. Right. Um, and so recently, um, she had said uh, about Georgina Harvey's wife, saying, or Georgina is doing very well. She's an amazing mother. She's an amazing woman. And I think the priority right now is focusing on how to raise those two children in the best of her capacity, given the situation. And that's all she said. And then Rose was like, "You." Uh, she tweeted to her um, with... Alyssa's quote saying, you make me want to vomit. You actually gave me a body flashback. Well done, fake one. 
And then she That's said, not right. and no, then she continued right. to say, Alyssa, maybe you and Georgina can call up Camille Cosby. So she brought Bill Cosby uh, into the But wait, didn't Weinstein's yeah. wife leave him? Yep. Yeah. Whole yeah. Thing? She walked yeah. out. Aside she from that, it's, she's getting away from the problem. That's she, the, she's, that's she's the, creating more problems. Yeah. It, it, it's, Don't it's fight. Almost, you're fighting the wrong people. No, it's, spin, it's spinning it into your own, into yourself. It's like, She's, it's, she's it's victimizing like, everything. She's victimizing so she can have more of a platform. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's going not, away from the problem. That's that's hypocritical. And then she's and then she's yeah. gonna start. Is it she's, is she's losing face because no, now people are gonna start thinking no, she's no, crazy. And then like well, now, just it, I think she was well, jealous because Alyssa Milano was involved with the Time Magazine article. Well, Alyssa is Alyssa is doing a lot. I mean, she's no, been on she's been on Twitter all day today about Alabama. She's she does so much for the Me Too campaign. She she's been giving us such a great voice for the net neutrality issue. I introduced Alyssa's character on Melrose. Directed oh. her, and I directed on Charmed. Yes, you did. So I've, you know, so I've. Been, I mean, she is a wonderful class yeah. act, intelligent, quality, right? professional, yeah. quality. Yeah. You know, with a lot of integrity. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I'm, a, I'm way against what I just heard. Yeah. Didn't, Ro against. didn't Rose McGowan go after Meryl Streep this week too? Is no, she no, like the self-anointed? Like, like I, I think we're getting a little. Act, I think we're getting a little accuracy here. <coughs> well, that's and, um, yeah. Yeah. happened in the LGBT community too. No, no, it's like getting away from the problem. Yeah, and it's like it's she should be on Alyssa's side or just. You're taking you're taking pick focus. Pick up the phone it's and becoming, call it. It's becoming a soap opera yeah. Yeah. when there's a serious problem that they they were mm -hmm. addressing. Yeah. yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. It's, oh, it's too bad yeah. that that's our it's shady moment be, of the week. Yeah. Get it together, people. We need to unify. Shade. Um, a huge shout out to our sponsors. Of course, Test Loop, it's the only way to travel from LA to Orange County to San Diego to Palm Springs. You travel in a Tesla. It's so affordable. You don't have to Tesla. talk to anybody if you don't want to. <laughs> they put it on autopilot. It is fabulous. Well, you are you, guys, are you giving them away at your Christmas party? Mention on the rocks. <laughs> yeah, well, come back yeah. next week. You well, get a Tesla. Having, you get a Tesla. Holiday party. I'm there. Everybody goes <laughs> oh, home. I'm there with a Tesla. With the, Tesla? <laughs> yeah. with the doors that go up and everything. That's yeah. it. Oh, I'm there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic, right? Yeah. <laughs> Check out my journey in a test loop uh, in a Tesla on, on it's YouTube. It's a cool <laughs> car. Yeah. Um, uh, and also we mentioned Panache Optical Gallery. And of course, our tried and true sponsor from day one. I love this guy. He runs the business, uh, competing with a bigger business. Of course, it's Spunk Lube. A little dab will do you. Gay straight in between. It doesn't matter. Yeah, where are our samples? Yeah. Uh, well, oh, they're, yeah. they're sending a gallon to the show. To get away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. It's on Vodka. many movie oh. sets. And no lube? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> no movie sets. Except, you guys for, the, except for the Christmas party? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's for after. <laughs> that's what the eggnog is for. Uh, anyway, let's get this show on the road. You guys, I'm so excited. Um, Golden Globe nominee, actor, director, singer, activist, Anson Williams is a rarity. He's an L.A. native in Hollywood. <laughs> we loved him as Potsy, a role he has played in four TV series, Love American Style. You guys remember Love American uh -huh. Style? Oh, yeah. Of course, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, and of course, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. He also appeared in Love Boat, Fantasy Island, and even the Paul Lynn Show. I want some questions about that. Um, his memoir... Uh, singing to a Bulldog, the journey from Happy Days to Hollywood director, uh, recounts his life and the unlikely mentoring um, as a youth by a janitor. And as a director, uh, you've seen his work in some of TV's biggest shows, including Beverly Hills 90210, Charmed, Melrose Place, Baywatch, Xena, Star Trek Voyager, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Seventh Heaven, Lizzie McGuire, and the list goes on and on and on. <laughs> um, as an activist, he has been acknowledged as an expert from LAPD, California Senate, and Congress, speaking about the dangers of energy drinks and drowsy driving, which I had no clue about um, until I got this press release, um, taking a front seat to casualties over drunk driving. Mm -hmm. uh, please welcome Anson Williams. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. 
Also joining the show, uh, the show an NYC gal, New York Times best-selling author of Confessions of a Prairie Bitch, How I Survived Nellie Olson and Learned to Love Being Hated, which I need to learn. Um, and, it, and it's accompanying one-woman show to sold-out uh, standing ovation audiences. Um, Alice Arngrim is best known to viewers worldwide for her portrayal of the incredibly nasty... Nellie Olson yes. on the much-loved, long-running hit television series, of course, Little House on the Prairie. Uh, she also appeared in the fabulous Fantasy Island and Love Boat as well, which I'm wow. obsessed with. Jill Whelan <laughs> is a good friend of the On the Rock show. Love her. Love her. Um, as a stand-up comedian, Allison has headlined at nightclubs such as the Laugh Factory, the Comedy Store, and the Improv in L.A., um, as, lo as well as the Laurie Beachman Theater, which I love in New York, um, and assorted comedy values all around the U.S. and Canada. Uh, she starred in the heartwarming gay... That's when we knew you were, you know, you were... Friend of the family, <laughs> Christmas cult classic, Make the Yuletide Gay. Yes, uh, I love that movie. Uh, For the Love of May, also with RuPaul and Patrick Neal. And The Last Place on Earth with Billy D. Williams and Phyllis Diller. What the hell was that? <laughs> it was <laughs> awesome! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and of course, we've seen Allison in numerous theater productions um, across the nation. Allison also has a long history of activism. In 1986, when her friend and Little House husband co-star Steve Tracy passed away due to complications of HIV and AIDS, she immediately began volunteering um, at AIDS Project uh, Los Angeles. She was presented a resolution by the LA City Council commending her on her work on behalf of people living with HIV and AIDS, and she served as program manager at Tuesday's Child, an organization assisting children and families affected by HIV and AIDS. Currently serves as California Chair, National Spokesperson, and Founding Board Member uh, on the National Advisory Board of the National Association to uh, Protect Children, or protect.org, fighting to give children a legal and political voice in the war against child abuse. Um, as an activism for the improvement of child protection laws, she has spoken before the California Senate and worked on legislative and political campaigns in several states, including Virginia uh, and New York, um, in addition to Protect's work on federal legislation in Washington, D.C., she has appeared on numerous television news, and many of them actually are on YouTube, take a look, uh, discussing the legal and political issues surrounding child uh, sexual abuse and uh, exploitation, which she came forward with to tell the world on Larry King uh, Live during her 2004 interview. So courageous and must have been so... Uh, scary. Um, she's a vegetarian, but we love her anyway. Please welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I I do eat fish and small birds, small animals. I can small kill. birds. Small birds. Like small animals. Like I can pigeons. Kill with my bare hands about? in the wild, <laughs> basically. I, I don't eat. I don't eat mammals. I do. Uh, I, uh, I eat like chicken and fish. I'm like a pescat pescatarian. Pescatarian. I'm a pescatarian. I love fried shrimp. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also joining the show, and Michael, I'm obsessed with you. Michael Mays, again oh, named wow. after the corn of my people. Uh, he may play a villain on <laughs> Wait, what screen. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he may play a villain, uh, villain on screen in Fox's hit show Gotham, but his off-screen character shines as nothing short of heroic. Uh, Michael gained recognition from his reoccurring role in USA Network's Mr. Robot. If you guys uh, see. Season four, just just watch it. Um, he has also been featured in hit television shows, including CBS's Blue Bloods, Hawaii Five O, uh, NBC's The Blacklist, HBO's True Blood as a super creepy security guard. Talk about security guards, smarmy, right? smarmy, super smarmy. <laughs> um, and films such as Saving Lincoln and National Treasure Two, where he got to shoot a gun with Ed Harris in a car. <laughs> you guys, and uh, he is currently working alongside Joe Manjan Yellow. I can't even ever say his last name, but who uh -huh. cares? Because uh, he's so I. gorgeous, just like his first name. <laughs> and Sophia uh, Vergara in the film Stano. And tomorrow night, his episode, uh, which is episode two of Sci-Fi's Happy with Christopher Maloney, Woof, uh, premieres mm. tomorrow. You guys have to watch it. We're going to watch a little bit of the trailer. Oz. 
Oz, yes, about uh -huh. Oz, and of course Law and Order for 42 yeah. years. <laughs> um, and he recently landed a role in Lifetime Project U. Outside of his action-packed roles, Michael has made it his mission for his actions to leave a positive impact on his community. You guys, we have so much activism in this room, and I just love it. Um, as a lover of all animals, Michael supports Boxer Rescue Los Angeles, Spay Neuter Project Los Angeles, Shelter Box, and Austin Pets Alive. And as, as an out and proud gay man, Sorry, boys, he's taken. Uh, Michael also heavily supports LGBTQ charities, including the Trevor Project, We Love Trevor Project, APLA, and Broadway Cares. Please welcome our amazing Michael Mays and our amazing family. <laughs> Yay. All right, so down memory lane, do you guys remember your very first audition for a major role? Yes, oh, God, yes. Well, d the Prairie audition. You want well, the Prairie? Well, because you prairie missed audition. out on uh, Laura. You I didn't know. Get cast well, and Mary. It was crazy. <laughs> well, also, I mean, I was I was technically washed up at eleven. You know, everyone talks about comebacks. <laughs> Little House was my comeback role. <laughs> I'd had a whole career from like six to eleven, and then I wasn't really booking. I'd done a movie at ten, and then I wasn't working for like a year. And my father said, "Yeah, this might be it. Maybe you won't work till after 18. So it was, it was basically my career was over, and then I got Little House. So that was actually my first comeback. Wow, wow. So I'm on my like forty seventh comeback at this point. So. <laughs> That's showbiz. Um, <laughs> That's how it is. Lisa Couture ain't got yeah, nothing right. on you. Just, totally, yeah. I am the comeback. Was but it yeah. a hard year? It was. It was awful. It was awful. Like at that yeah. age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel washed up at yeah, that? No right. You're like you're old. And love. Ah, it was a good run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I gotta start uh, junior uh, high like, now. Kids in <laughs> showbiz. Right. You just had to start smoking. So you but could yeah, get I did. That I, I started. I did. I read for like Lauren for Mary, which was so wrong. And um and and I hadn't read the Little House book, so I had no idea. I didn't know there was an Elliot and I didn't know what the hell was going on. I say, eh, any shows. And then I come in, and they had this other part, and I'm thinking, how many characters do they have on this thing? It's a cast of thousands. <laughs> they keep having me back to read for all these different people. And I went back, and I'm sitting at the sides with my dad, and look at, and I turned to my father, and I said, this, this is not a normal part. And he says, what do you mean? I said, well, this girl's a total bitch. <laughs> and he said, what? And I started reading it for him. He dies laughing, says, okay, yeah. don't touch it. Don't change a thing. You go in, you read it exactly like that. Don't even look at those pages. Just go in and read it like that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And I go in, and there's Michael Lynn, and then Kent and the other producers, and I read it, and they lose their minds laughing, and they said, now could you read the last part again? And good little child actress, I said, oh, yes, what would you like me to change? And they said, nothing, just read the thing about the house again. <laughs> and um, they wanted to see if it was a fluke, and I it was that my home speech from the first episode that yeah. cracks everybody yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, In yeah. fact, we, we're going to watch a little bit. Oh, we're going to watch it, of course. <laughs> and well, and well. Uh, that was it. They um, By the time we got in the car and got home, which was like a half an hour away, uh, that they, they was wardrobe Before cell phones and yeah. they texted you. Wardrobe fitting was Tuesday. We would have been texted in the car had there been, <laughs> yeah, it was like instantaneous. It was awesome. That's funny. That's so great. That was like and, and really, ironically, is it's one of the best, absolute best roles on the show. Yeah, oh, yeah, I did. I totally won the lottery. I got the best gig on the show. Yeah. Absolutely. So because when you showed up and you had a poignant moment like, or dun, dun, something dun, dun. that was more emotional, like it's so uh, contrasted. Right, if I was nice for expect, a right? like, oh no, wait, she's really crying. She's not faking this time. Oh my God. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. It's, oh, me? You're looking at Everyone's <laughs> looking at me. Well, I, I guess my first major audition, of course, is Happy Days, but you know, I almost didn't make it. Um, you were late. I was way late. What happened Thank was... Thank God for Don Most. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, I heard he, you know, because didn't he... No, no, this is before Don... The first oh. pilot, no. The, people oh, don't realize there were two what? pilots. Right? And the first one, it wasn't made for Love American Style. They aired on Love American Style to get their money back. Yeah, oh, but yeah. it was called Love and the Happy Days, right? Oh, God, that's mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Gary Marshall wrote it, but it was very soft. There was no Fonzie in it. There was no Ralph in it. 
Uh, Harold Gould played Mr. Cunningham. Marion uh -huh. Ross was in it. Ron was in it. I was in it. A different Joni. And very soft. It was at the neighbor first television set. Yeah. And they're saying, well, anyway, so, you know, way back then, no cell phones, no nothing. This is like seven, early, you know, 1971, something uh -huh. like that, 72. So I'm taking, so it's pouring rain in LA, just pouring rain. And I'm taking my little car, driving down, and it breaks down. Well, then you have to like schlep to a phone booth. You know, yeah. call no the auto Uber. club where you are. No Uber. <laughs> like, they're trying to find a coin thing. You know, schlep back, wait two hours for the auto club to get there, right, to start up. Anyway, P.S., I was four four hours later. Oh, wow. And I look like a drowned rat. I'm thinking, <laughs> do I go? And that was only the batteries. They got it going. And so I, uh, I said, do I go? Don't I go? And something said, go. Go anyway. I said, go. So I went. I'm four hours late. Look like hell. Walk, walk in Millie Gussie's casting office. This is your first call? First call. Uh-huh. First call. And I walk into Millie Gussie's, Millie Gussie's casting office. There's the receptionist. And I said, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm late. Anson Williams. He's here! She yelled. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and then I hear this, this gravel voice. I don't know if you knew Millie Gussie at the time. I, mean, I know. She's sitting here. Everyone in our age group is going, Millie Gussie! Yeah, Millie oh, Gussie. I've heard Millie Gussie a hundred times. She was head of casting. Right, right. Told so she goes like this. You're lucky this, they haven't got a potsy. <laughs> I go to the receptionist. What's a potsy? <laughs> You'll find out. So I go in, and she goes, all right, here, read. And I look at the sides a few minutes. All right, here, go read. So we read, and she goes, sit right there. Say, say. Gets on the phone. Hello. Yeah. I got... I got this guy's perfect. <laughs> I don't care if you're looking at wardrobe. Get down here. He's perfect. Uh. He goes, so I, she goes, go wait outside. So I wait outside. So, so I wait out in the lobby. And all of a sudden, this nice guy comes in, Gary Marshall. Walks through. You know, and you, you know Gary's voice. How are you? How are you? Yeah, okay, I'm back. Okay, I'll, all right. I'll be back here. I get called back in. I do it again. I do the, he goes, he just, he goes, do you play softball? <laughs> I go, yeah, well, I played hardball. He goes, are you good? I go, yeah, I was a pretty good athlete. Oh, it's very important. Yeah, I think he cared more about having the softball team. <laughs> so anyway. So anyway. kicked ass. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. So anyway, we did. So anyway, they're like, they're like rehearsing and doing the final wardrobe the next day. Wow. So, I, so, so then he goes, wait outside. So I wait outside. I go, what's going on? The network's coming down. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting. All of a sudden, these suits come in, go back in. This time, Ron Howard comes in. He, they call him, so we do it together. So, and they, so we do it, and I'm all, wow, all this. And they go, well, thank you. They go, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's dark out. I'm four hours late. I'm a drowned rat. Let's thank you. Thank you. I'm, now I'm pissed. Yeah. So I'm driving, I'm driving back. And back then, there weren't, like, you know, recordings or voice messages. And the phone's ringing, ringing, ringing. And I didn't answer because I had to go hit the head so bad, badly. <laughs> I come back out, ring, ring, ring again. Where were you? Where were you? It's the agent. You got it. We're negotiating. Wow. You got. And the next, that was it. I got the part. Wow. The next morning, we're we're rehearsing. Wow. And the I'm next gonna day, I'm going to buy a new car. For and now. the next day, we're shooting. <laughs> twenty four hours. Tw literally wow. less than twenty four hours. The yeah. next morning, I was in for rehearsal and wardrobe. Wow. The next day, we're, wow. we're shooting the pilot. Then they said, I don't want to take up all the time here. But, but, um, We're storytelling. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but everyone's Please. saying, oh, my, we shoot, this is going to sell. This is going to sell. You know how timing's everything? Yeah. This is going to sell. Your life's going to change. This is going to sell. Didn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> so I go back to playing the concerned boyfriend roles. 
So this is how Joni got cast. So I'm up doing Lisa Bright and Dark with Kay Lenz, uh, starring with her in this Hallmark movie. And who's, who's playing her little sister? Erin Moran. Wow. wow. So I get a call. They're going to do, you know, because Grease, Grease was great on Broadway and, and um, American Graffiti came yep. out. Yep, they want to do another yep. pilot. Great. When are we starting? Nah, they want to screen test you. You might be too old. So this time, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. It took forever to get the part again. <laughs> Funny, you're wow. like, oh, and I'm, lo- and I'm looking. And you, know, and you know something? I saved John Travolta's career because he auditioned for Potsy and I got it. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, wow. yeah. I could see you in, in Saturday Night Fever, though. I, nah, I nah, nah. I would have. I can't do it. But then, but then, that was a soundbite. But then, you know, Don Most, he tried out for Potsy. They liked him so much they created the part of Ralph. Wow. And then Fonzie was a little part. Anyway, what I'm saying is, then it's sold. And look, look at the difference. The first one would have made it. Yeah. The second one. You know, became the hit. You it's amazing ne- how those things. Ha- yeah. yeah, it's amazing how those things happen because Timing. yeah, I remember like Fonzie was supposed to be like a little mm-hmm. that little role. He was mm-hmm. like yeah, and uh, the way things grew. But I'm interested because you walk when you, you're talking about your audition, you've become a director. Uh-huh. So you walked in and Gary Marshall had already done a lot. But, yeah, right. You know, he did Odd Couple and right and a lot of other things before oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. He well, and he then and and uh, and uh, Ron Howard had already oh, yeah. been doing a lot. Yeah. So you walked in. I mean, how was that to audition for these people that were? It, well, it was you know it was you know it was great. And Ron was such you know down to earth guy. He's never changed. Yeah. With all his success, he's never I've changed. Yeah. He's always had great character. Always humble. Always. This, not too high, not too low. Always a great and a friend if you ever need it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was just a great mentor, really. But Gary was the mentor, and he really inspired all of us from day one to not worry about our wallpaper and you know and, and our dressing rooms. Worry about learning the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he opened the door to educate ourselves in every area of the business. Yeah. I, they, they, they say answers. You go to you know school for directing. You go oh yeah. The Paramount Law. Who are yeah. your teachers? <laughs> Roman Polanski. Um, you know, um, uh, oh my gosh, it went out of my head. Day of the Locust. Oh, Schlesinger. Schlesinger. John yeah, Schlesinger. Yeah. I watched. I, I, I shadowed all these directors wow. for years. Wow. And in fact, the, and the first things I produced and, and created, Ron directed. Uh, we were we were partners on those. So oh, I had all fantastic. these like, all this experience that Gary opened up the doors. Yeah. He he said, if you want to learn. Learn. Use this place as a college. Because a lot of you went on to we did, directing. It, I mean, even yeah. Penny Marshall comes from well, that. Well, first $100 million female director. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's... But, um, but he made it possible. He inspired us to get, get, not get in the way of ourselves. Use that situation productively. When I also heard that wow. Michael Landon on the set also, he made you, you, you kids work as professionals, not to be kids, not for them yeah. to like goad you with like trees. Right. He was promises an amazing director because you know he directed most of the episodes. Yeah. He only had like he would let Victor French direct and he would let Bill Claxton direct and anyone else. No, he actually had, they tried to give him another director. He actually fired him in mid episode. He's like, just didn't like how it was going. He's like, get out and just took over and began. And that from then on, he just got directed everything. But yeah, he set a real standard. It was all about work, work, work. He was the first one to arrive and last one to go home. Home and it was all very gung ho, and we we followed the rules. We had the four hours work, three hours school, one hour rest and recreation, which is the California law, which many sets don't actually follow. It's it's quite that's why yeah, I do yeah. with stuff with minor consideration and everything because some people do just throw the rules away, but not on Little House. They were very very strict. And yeah, I tell I tell a story in my book, a thing about the gum and the candy. One of the ads thought it would be great for the kids and the extras. Hey, if you're really good, I'll I'll give everybody gum and candy at the end of the day. And the little kids were like, oh, okay. The older kids were like, you know, whatever. But 
Michael put a stop to it. And he said, no, no, this is ridiculous. He said, they're not trained animals. They're actors. Mm-hmm. Their, their reward at the end of the day is they're not fired. They get to come back tomorrow. <laughs> and, and he took you know, the harsh tone. You're getting a paycheck. But it was also, he said, they're not, I mean, what if they say, well, I, I don't feel like gum today. You know, it's, he says, it's not about that. They're here to do a job. They're getting paid. They're being held to a standard just as the adults are. Stop, like, patronizing them and treating them like idiots and handing out gum and candy. Don't do that. We're not doing that with the adults. It's ridiculous. And and he put a stop to that. And I thought, wait, wait, he respects us? He actually has respect <laughs> for child actors? Oh, my God, what a thought. So it was pretty cool. I, and I, I love stories like that. And, and Michael, I want to know, in terms of first audition stories, what was your first audition story for networks? Because it's a whole different climate. Getting shows out here. Now there's like a bazillion actors for every part. And a lot of the stuff that you go for is, is a little dark. What was your first network audition like? And how how has it been on set? Also, the difference of having a long-term show where you get to work with the cast and family. You've guest starred on a lot of major shows that are iconic names and have a lot of buzz around them. And you have an episode or two episodes. How, yeah. how does that work into your nerves and your performance? When you say network show, you mean as far as... Like their first auditioning big. for a, like a pilot, like for a series regular. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I've, it's been a very slow burn my whole career. So <laughs> I started <laughs> like I mean, I, I we were just mentioning this yeah. outside. Like when I came here twenty years ago from Milwaukee, like I just started with the coaster auditions, and then it took you know for it took a whole year and a half to even get an agent through my commercial agent to just be going out for under five and then I got the under five and then from under five I started going out for under ten <laughs> and then from that I went to guest star and and it really just has been going up the very slow if there was a corporate ladder of Hollywood like that was what it would be and now well, you've been doing the it the way you're supposed to do it I know what the heck <laughs> I know. <laughs> you mean professionally so nobody does that so hopefully yeah. that means the series regular is next but mm-hmm. um, it is it'll happen uh, too yeah oops Hi, this is radio. You have to talk in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. I've never s- the, that, he's messing up the set. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So it, from from the very beginning, I, I've been the person that would jump into the wheel to make it happen and jump into a family that's already happening and and to really get in there. I mean, I love the challenge of always having a new character and 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 really like understanding that and and getting the tone of a show. I'm pretty like. You know, I can read things and people pretty well, so I can I can flip into that pretty quickly. Um, were you going to say something? No, uh, we we got this question a lot for you being on the show. Um, as an actor that has an episode with this yeah. long running script, mm-hmm. how as an actor do you prepare for the role? Obviously, you can't watch every episode of a show that you're going to be on or yeah. auditioning for. So, how do you audition for your role in this long running story to understand your role in it? What what's your actor's approach? I mean, it's pretty like instantaneous for me. Gotham would be a great example. I just sort of recurring in Gotham this year. I had like seen a little bit of Gotham here and there. I knew that it was a superhero show. I love superheroes. I love comic strip shows. I knew it was pretty colorful, but I'd never seen a full episode whatsoever. So I got the audition. Um, I YouTubed the latest trailer or promo from the last season the night before my audition. I was like, okay, that's the tone. I brought that tone into the audition. I made some like quick choices and I and I went there as opposed to like Mr. Robot, which I I had seen the whole entire first season of Mr. Robot. I thought it was the first, the, the best, one of the best pilots I've ever seen. Um, and the first season I was totally into. So I knew that that was very understated. Everything was like very much here. And, and I knew the tone of that show. So 
even when I went into that and felt like I was doing a very understated performance, the casting director was like, nope, now just talk. This one, you need to talk or whatever. Um, so it's just, I would say, like, after being in this for so long and kind of understanding the different uh, premises that are happening within the show, I just grab onto something and then jump into the audition and allow that to help me make the choices of what the character is going to be doing. Let's take a look at the first time that we kind of see you in Gotham. This is a trailer for, uh, for, for, for one of your episodes. Uh, let's take a look at this clip from Gotham. No one here. They're long gone by now. <laughs> this place smells like death. Reminds me there's a tie joint not far away if you want to grab something to eat after. Very funny. It's the toxin. And made more of it. Looky here. An asylum uniform. 1109. That's Crane's number, right? I love it's, this. It's show. coming. It's coming. No. But this lead in is so good. Yeah. Action values are so good on this show. Yeah, I know. Here we go. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it only bugs me sometimes the main actor the way he the way he Don't talks because he's just very like um, right now. he almost makes uh, the guy he almost makes himself almost have like a Batman voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean so happy right now? Very <laughs> understand. <laughs> yes, exactly. I sound that way when I'm at the Del Taco drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> I need a chalupa. <laughs> <laughs> That's Taco Bell. Not Del Taco. <clears throat> mm. uh, what was it? They have yeah. their chili cheese fries. Those are so yes. Good. Oh, God. It's three in the morning. Um, Anson, we got this email a lot from actors. Um, since you've done so many uh, TV shows of different genres, mm -hmm. from the Scratch Your Face, Beverly Hills 90210, to Baywatch, <laughs> uh, to Star Trek, which is a whole different way mm -hmm. of acting, what are some of the biggest mistakes that actors make on a TV set? On the set? And in, in, in terms of, like, what, what are your biggest pet peeves, I guess? On oh, my biggest mm. pet peeves? Well, pretty obvious. I mean, one, I'm pretty much a stickler to be off page when you get to the set. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't stand it when we're about to, they're looking at the last minute. I mean, you're going to act. Yeah. I said, you know, acting is not acting. <laughs> you know, it's being in the moment, mm -hmm. you know, without thinking. It kind of, you've already kind of digested this. Can we just, and it becomes, I just can't stand that kind of surface approach. And you get a lot of, and a lot of times, and I won't say the shows, I mean, that's what you get. I mean, that's yeah. who they're casting. And um, you're just not getting the, the texture, the levels. You know, you're not, get, you're, not, you're not getting 100%, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, they got a little bit of personality. They got their key, you know, whatever. And it kind of lasts for a little bit. And it's very frustrating. Yeah. When it do you, can be, do you when confront it can be better. that as a director? Uh, it's interesting. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, I mean, there's ways to do it. It's interesting. You talk about being a guest, you know, on a mm -hmm. show. Try being a guest director. You know, when you're a director, oh, if, you direct, yeah. unless you're, if you're directing your own script, it's different. You're an island unto yourself. But with me, most of the time, you're hired. So you're always into someone else's kingdom or queendom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're kind of, and everyone knows, you know, the actors, you know, are very, 
entrenched in what they do. And, you know, you're coming you know, in, shake you're it coming, up. You're coming in. They don't want, yeah. you got to be, it's very, you know, you have to be a psychologist. Yeah. You really do. You have to have kind of instantaneous mm-hmm, readings of mm-hmm. people. And you got to, you got to, they got to get your respect. And, and then you, and then there's just way, way to say things to get more, to get the, you know, and, and you want them to, you want them to be involved. You want them to want to be involved. So that's, it's really a challenge. Cause I mean, cause you're always the odd person out until you do multiples. Once you're in there regularly, then you're, it's, a, it's a little easier. But it's always quite a challenge. And, you know, I don't know if people understand how hard television directing is. Do you know what the average lifespan? It might be less oh. now. Is of a director. Average lifespan of a director and the directors go, which includes production managers and ADs. Guess. I think it might be less now, but guess. I, I wouldn't even know. You know like the 78? Four years? 57. Oh, my 57. God. 57. And they don't even take selfies after 32. Wow. And, uh, 57 <laughs> years old because, no, the pressure. Wow. It's hard. I yeah. mean, I know. So and the I've, schedule. The ske- well, you know, it's interesting. that when, you, when you're directing television, you have two hits. One, the first hit's a line producer. You know, it's all time and budget and you're a hero. And you get it done under budget, whatever, under budget, whatever. You're a hero. Oh, my God, you're a hero. But two weeks later when the director's cut comes in and the showrunner sees it, it better look like Gone with the Wind because <laughs> they don't want to know from budget. They don't want to know from yeah, problems. It's yeah. just so you have two pe- you have these two platforms of police. And I've seen these, I mean, very talented directors through the years who are no longer here because they sit, they, 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 they get so crazy, they'll, they'll, they'll have, you know, their vodka in the, in the, in the, in their, uh, t- in their bathtub at night. Oh, wondering, it's, you know. Why are you looking at me when you say that? I don't, it kind of reminded me. <laughs> but, the but, yeah. I can, I can do, but anyway, uh, yes, but anyway, that's, that's kind of, you know, so, so basically I learned, learned early on to, you know, you, you know, you, you do your best, you go in there and that's it. If it's not enough, it's not enough. And I think that's one of the reasons I've been able to last. Now, as a follow-up question to that, is was it hard to make your your name in directing when, like you said, you're you're the new guy on set for a show that's been around for a few years? It's like, oh, well, he was Potsy on Happy Days. Did you have to fight that a lot? No, because when I started when I started directing, you know, no one gave me a break, so I basically had to create my own shows and attach myself. So I I I, I co-wrote. Um, uh, after school special, exec produced, and hired myself. Oh. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did with James Earl Jones. I did the Lone Star Kid for PBS, yeah, yeah, starring yeah, Angel yeah, yeah. Jones. Oh, yeah. I, I co-wrote that script and and hired myself. Then I started. Good job. Getting, then I said <laughs> no. Then, <laughs> no, one yeah. thing, one thing, managed writing and all that. But then, then, then you started. You know, then people started hiring. No, actually, it really helped being on. Uh, Happy days because actors felt comfortable. They they yeah. knew uh, they. Uh, I speak their language. Well, also I knew. The problems, you know, I know what they're feeling, you know, and there's, 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 there's something there that makes them more comfortable and more trustworthy. You and know, you said uh, you were yeah, you're, it's like you're speaking their language, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, and, and it, it's, yeah, because yeah, it, I, I mean, it's, it's relationships. In my young years, I directed, I was acting, I acted as a child, right? And then I started directing yeah. theater, and I always was able to speak to actors yes. differently. And there, there's yeah. just, there's an, there's an innate trust that they know, yeah. you know, and also, and I hate so many people play director. Yeah, mm. I mean, literally. They, I'm going. No, you should be like invisible when you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you t- get the story told. That's mm-hmm. your job. Get, the, don't play important. Don't, do you know? There's, you just gotta know. And some people you have to be harsher. Some people you have to be saucer. You have to really understand, you know, what you need to do to, to get it done, and also keep a balance, you know. So it's multi. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I think TV directing is the hardest. One of the hardest mm-hmm. parts. One of the hardest jobs in, in the business. There's so much on your shoulders. 
Well, that and then and and you just have you know and, and these and and honestly, the show they have 24, 32 episodes to do, depending. You know, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on the company. There's a lot of pressure on the crew. They're tired. You know, I mean, there's gonna, so I mean, there's a whole lot of things you have to take into account when you get to that set. Along those lines, you know, we have a lot of actors and directors that listen to the show, that have been on the show in all stages of their career. Yeah. And Allison, we got this question uh, for you for, from, uh, from many actors who have either done a play for a while. Your character, like we talked about, definitely had this maturing process. Number one, you weren't just like the funny bitch having a fight. We got to see you grow and, and become gentle and then have a family of your own. And but we also had to see you grow up as well. So not only were you growing up as a character, but as as an actual physical human being, you were growing <laughs> up and dealing with all of all of that. Do you remember the moment as an actress when your script started to mature and then your acting approach had to change? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Little House that was the interesting thing because it ran a total of nine years, yeah. and, and it became a Little House time. a new beginning. And because well, people left, and also people everybody grew up. It was yeah. like, what do we do? Everybody, they they brought in the younger kids, and that's what they had like the little Nancy, my horrible sister, and then and, and Shannon Doherty, and all. And, and I said, it's the Muppet Babies version of the characters, <laughs> like a tiny Laura, and, 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 and it got kind of weird about them. But yeah, when I started, they let everyone grow up. Everybody. I mean, you think of these shows where there's kids, and they kind of keep them kids when they're not kids. Mm -hmm. No, you just, you you got married. They married you off if you got older. So it, as it wore on, we started out with like the little fights and there was also sort of this uh, escalation, sort of, you know, war going on where Michael and I kind of like, how how far are you willing to go? Let's add, raise the ante every few episodes. And it got like crazier and crazier. Like she was a certain level of rotten in the books. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then, okay, she's a little more rotten on TV. And then I come in and I do this performance like, oh, she's going to go there. Is she? Well, and then suddenly the episodes, I start. next thing I know, I'm faking paralysis and being pushed down a hill in a wheelchair. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it's like a telenovela. It got out of control. And, then, I remember yeah, that. It, it, Laura and I started out fighting over boys. Suddenly then, she now she's a young woman, and she's not just scheming, just mm -hmm. she hates her. Now it's, how can I steal a husband from her? And it's turning into this whole other thing. And it was great, because I was you know becoming an older teenager, so now I was being an awful, I wasn't having to pretend to be a little kid. And so that was cool. And then... I really fall in love. Instead of just, I want a horse, it's like, no, I'm actually in love. And and so I get to have actual emotions, and, and, and then I got nice. And I did kind of want to have a relapse, because I was nice for a while, and, and that got dull. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not here for this. Yeah. Nice doesn't get ratings. It's nice. It's like, now I'm nice. Now what? Uh, okay, we've done nice. Can we be awful again? You know. But yeah, they let, they let people grow up, which was nice. Yeah. It I, also seemed that you're, you, know, you had a TV family that they yeah. all had really strong characters too so you didn't seem like oh it was just like a bitch among amongst you know no, it all it all meant something because i mean that's the thing like well in france where they love me you know <laughs> how you speak french you well, did your show in french oui je fais uh, le spectacle en français maintenant um me too you know you know how <laughs> david hasselhoff goes to germany i always say i am the yeah. hoff of france <laughs> um i'm like there all the time they <laughs> And, and that's the thing. They get it. They go, oh, she was, he was the poor child, a child without a smile. And, she was, and they feel bad for her because of her horrible mother. And it was the whole dynamic with Mrs. Olsen and Mr. Olsen and Willie. And here comes this poor girl, but she's popular and she has nice parents. And here's Nellie who's rich and has everything, but people don't really like her and her mom's awful. And so, yes, yeah, she was jealous of Laura. And that's so... 
there, it was all character driven. It all made sense. She wasn't just mean for no reason. There was stuff going on, and people who are into the show got it, and they're like, "Well, of course she's like that. It's that mother of hers." So yeah, they, it pulled people in, and it all kind yeah. of made sense. So they, it was really cool. Did you stay in touch with Michael after the show? A little bit. Um, I would run into him on the Paramount lot. Which, do you know? Actually, it's so funny. The door that is the exit from here to the street there, Gower. That's the door I came in for that audition in 1974. It was on this. It was on the Paramount lawn. This is where I auditioned. That, Did the it's security that guard door. tell you where to go? Yeah, the security <laughs> guard <laughs> yeah, told me where to go. Except they knew that. where to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just praying my car's not towed. <laughs> <You're> right? <laughs> um, let, let's take a, a, a quick uh, walk down memory lane at, at, at one of your um, moments here. This was, I think, the very first fight. This is the real hair before the wig. Too. Yeah. So funny to watch this. You have it your right way up. every single day, Nelly. Yes, I do. Well, today I want to play Uncle John. Bring around the Rosie. Bring around the Rosie, bitch. Uncle That's John. <laughs> oh, there we go. You want to fight? Oh, fight. You want to play? We're playing Uncle John. <laughs> well, I, I think I'm going to move my chair a little right. away. <laughs> and talking about the actress process, Michael, we also received this um, this email for you a lot. You are you are part of very dark shows. Yes, and it's so funny because your personality and like you're into fashion and you know it, it's so funny and it's such a it's such a discord. All of your activism, you're like a nice guy. Yeah, just follow you on Instagram and you'll see what a nice guy. Um, how does being in such dark material affect your psyche, and how, at the end of the day, do you brush it off and go home and be the husband, be the act, you know, be who you are? Uh, lots of yoga and meditation. <laughs> 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 but really, I mean, I'm, I've always been a character actor, so I feel like I can jump into it and jump out pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, I hear that, but I definitely, I'll get home, I'll stretch, I'll, I eat very healthy, and, you know, I have a, a definitely a, a, a side from what I do. Um, but I really see it as just a challenge of jumping into a role and, and getting in there and then jumping out of it. And I think that I can do that, you know, pretty well. And um, I... I think I'm just a, a kind person that has a lot of empathy for humans in general and understands, you know, what the human condition comes from. And people are always like, how do you play these villains? And how do you play these dark roles? But oftentimes, unless if it's something like Gotham, where it's, you know, it's you're really just like you're in, in the middle of a superhero show. But even that, like you just have a purpose, you have a goal, you have an objective, and you're, you're doing that goal. Or when you look at like making a murderer who's like the villain who's just been convicted because it's four to three. I mean, he's the villain of the episode, but yet is he really? And is he's a person that's trying to get his thing? Mm. So I'm usually not transferring into this like dark area, you know, where I'm like <laughs> becoming a villain. And stuff, <laughs> you know? I'm just like thinking about, you know, I, I was trained as an actor, and and uh, and so along the line, along the road, like I just happened to be cast in a lot of villains. That's really fun to play, um, just to play something that's different than yourself. But yeah, I love the villain roles, and I've done villains on stage too. Yeah. And it's 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 yeah. Well, because when you're playing a villain, as you go into the zone where you're right. 
you're 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 not necessarily going, mm-hmm. yes, I am the villain. You might be mwahaha, but it's more you've decided whatever you're after. Well, I'm mwahaha. Thank you. My new ringtone when my mom calls. You're doing the right thing. It's all these other people are just so mistaken and they're just not getting it. Why don't they listen to you? Like I auditioned the other day for this um Southern Baptist from 1945 oh minister Lord. who is you know preaching against rock and roll and and like he they they wanted it a little over the it was it was a DC thing I probably shouldn't say what show it was but whatever um um and, and like he, they wanted him over the top they wanted him really passionate and like I walked out of that room and I was sweating and I was like this didn't feel that different than playing a villain and he's you right? know a preacher of a mm-hmm. catholic church but it was just about like <laughs> well <he laughs> no, <not> <laughs> don't go there going back but it's the same thing where it's just like I'm just dedicated to what I think is right in the moment which is that rock and roll is the demise of the, of the world at that moment um, Have you so. noticed that most villains are nice in their spare time? The yeah. people who play villains are generally kind of chill. Exactly, because you're not gonna, <laughs> and you're not gonna like hire a, an actual murderer dead, to play dead. the murderer. You're yeah. not gonna hire this like strange, evil, like crazy guy to be on set with you, right? They, like I, Jared Leto. Send it to people. And yeah. like, I mean, I actually had people ask if I was like that as a kid on the set, and I said, "Well, right. how would that be day to day? Would they keep me in a cage like Hannibal Lecter and like let me out for takes?" I mean, I actually heard that you were shy your first year of. Oh, I could I could barely look anybody in the eye or say hello. I was so like, crazy. oh my god, there's too many people. I was, I was yeah, I was terrified of like everything, my own shadow. Basically, it was <laughs> it was being on Little House that helped me overcome my shyness. That's and so it's funny. fun, right? Like it's fun yeah. to do that. It's, like, we all have this dark side to be actually mm-hmm. to do it and to like let it come out. To get away force. with all that. Le- yeah, and, and that was the thing is I would find myself so calm and I have like great blood pressure and everything because you let all that out. You get all that out. All the <laughs> negative <laughs> stuff is out. So it's play gone. a villain or the president of the United yeah, States. <laughs> so, and I got this question in a different form from all of you. You guys have worked with some really big names from, from your films and TVs um, and who you've gotten to meet and, and direct over the years. Is Starstruck even an issue for you guys at this point? Or is it just like, ah, you know? Um, I don't know if it starts. It's more respect. Mm-hmm. You know, I know when I first found out I was going to be uh, directing Chris Walcott. Mm. I was not starstruck. I was scared. It was early in the career. You know, it was it was you know a, a lower budget film, but a really good script. And Walken's coming in for two weeks. We're gonna shoot him out, and I'm going. How are you? Best friends, De Niro. I mean, it's like the score. There's the whole gang out, out of New York. I was in. I'm, I was. I was intimidated. But when he came in, he w- talk about shy. So shy, and so collaborative. And so nice, and I could say I mean, this is why I respect you so much. He's total professional, and just so collaborative and so easy. You know, it was. It, but uh, there's been. But there's been uh, that. That. Uh, that. That's one I remember really well. Other than that, uh, I just go in, you know, with with respect for everybody. You know, and, and once in a while, like, I'll tell you, like the first the first film um, that I ever uh, I wrote the story for and exec produced, Ron directed was Skyward. And starred Betty Davis. Wow, that's right. So we were all, uh, we Davis. were all. My heart just stopped a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> we were, we were so, like yeah, I've heard that name before. And that's, <laughs> a, and that's the first film I ever wow. produced. Wow. And so you know that that was it took me back a little bit. Things you know there there's there's been times. Yeah. 
Everybody talks about Betty Davis, right? Because when Bruce well, Valance was on the show, he was talking about his Betty Davis right. story. And we so. had uh, Karen Cato, uh, who was a PR rep for, for a lot of the uh, legendary icons towards the end of their career. And she has many Betty Davis stories. You know, she just is... In fact, my Panache Optical Gallery sunglasses are based off of the Betty Davis really? glasses. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one, one, one right. story that where I, where I where I literally couldn't talk. <laughs> I mean, literally, I mean, just a shock of shocks. It, it was the first year of Happy Days, and we were kind of a mild hit at that time, getting popular. And uh, it was just it was Ron was working that day, and Don was working that day, and a guest star, myself. And Jerry Paris, that was it. There was not a lot of people that day. So we're there, it's, it's freezing, it's early in the morning. And I go over, to, you know, and craft service then was Louie, the, ele- the part-time electrician, putting in apples and a, a can of coffee. That was, that was, <laughs> that was it. And you paid Luxury. a dime. And you paid a dime. <laughs> and, you don't, and, you don't compl- and you dare don't complain to Louie, because he's the bookie of the lot, too. <laughs> so, that's, so, I'm, so I go over, so, I, so I, I'm getting the coffee, and I look up, and I see this familiar guy with a young kid, young, young, young boy. I go back to Don. I go, Don. This is there's like one of the crew guys over there looks just like John Lennon with some <gasps> kid. Oh, I read about that. And Don and, talked about. And, oh, and 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 Don goes, Yeah, yeah. Don John Lennon flew in. He's here hanging out with us. <laughs> it was John Lennon. <laughs> oh my god. No one told us. No one told us. And he brought and he brought his son um, Julian. Yeah. Wow. It was his favorite. And they he's and we're back then we weren't three camera. We had one camera like a movie. He spent the entire day. He was also calling him John. He was like one of us. He's doing little like little original doodles for the crew. Not us. Oh no, we're professionals. We don't ask for anything. They can afford a house now with that painting, you know, with that doodle. You know, yeah. but we did get one great picture. But we spent the entire day with this with this with this great man and the kindest, nicest, most sensitive guy. Yeah, that was. Uh... And then another time, that got me unhappy. Days. Uh, I think he played the grand grandfather anyway after seeing you know uh one for the gipper you know and all that pat o'brien oh, oh no way. pat o'brien guest starred wow and that and i and that got me because i as a little kid i we didn't, i was watch watch those black and white movies and mm. it took me back and you know i was i was in way awe that <laughs> no i'm, yeah, I'm wor- that i'm working is. with this yeah, yeah. Oh. there's the photo oh there he is yeah oh there's wow. yeah there's john lennon there's, wow. there's julian yeah, that's, that's amazing. Isn't that something? And uh, and look, Henry didn't even have the leather jacket yet. It was the, it was the first. <laughs> yeah, it was the first season. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, he had that like oh, wow. light. And then, and, and another sky time, blue jacket. And then another time, sec, they were filming Sextet right across with Mae West. And uh, and <laughs> did also, you come up and see her sometime? <laughs> she was a little flirty. Oh, a little. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was. Hmm. Anyway, I got a little old now. But anyway, um, but all of a sudden, uh, Ringo Starr and Keith Moon come walking on the set. Because really? they, they were, because they, the they, cool they were, they were guest starring, you know, yeah. they, were, they were guesting in that movie. Yeah. yeah, all the time they'd be, you know, all of a sudden there's Ackroyd on the set and there's Belushi on this. It was like all the just people would walk on this. It was crazy. That's I felt crazy. like Forrest Gump. You know, <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I mean, one time uh, Henry K- Kissinger came to the set. <laughs> You know, this and, is like an used, HBO show behind the scenes. And I'm sitting here going, you know, I, I feel like, like, like a few years before, you're a number in the world, you know? All of a sudden, yeah. you're like, hang. It was crazy. It was, yeah. it was, but it was, it was wonderful, too. It was wonderful. Um, I want to talk about your guys' activism. Um, it's so funny. 
how you guys represent so many different areas. Number one, in terms of drowsy driving, I had no clue. Obviously, I'm very cognizant right. for drunk driving. And, you know, the show's on the rocks. I always send the email. If you plan on drinking, Uber, whatever, drinking and driving, just do not mix. No. Ever, no ever, excuse ever. anymore with so many driving There's services. no excuse. Oh, no. No There's excuse. They're so, so cheap now. You know. And, you know, the show's on the rocks, but we love our sober uh, listeners because you take care of us. Am I right? Because you guys have been <laughs> oh, yeah. around. They, me. Ho they hold our hair. Well, what, are you, what, are you, what are you <laughs> talking about? Hair. What are you talking about? <laughs> God, this show's long. <laughs> that is guys, I, I great cranberry juice. I know. <laughs> wow. <No. laughs> but Anson, yes. um, drowsy driving. Yes. Well, it's interesting. A lot of people don't know that my uncle, he's actually my second cousin, but I've called him uncle since I was born is Dr. Heimlich, who created the Heimlich yep. Maneuver. Oh. Mm -hmm. In fact, together, actually, it's because of Happy Days. Literally, Happy Days is attached to the Heimlich Maneuver. I don't know if it would have, it would have hit as big as it did so quickly without Happy Days, because... I can't wait till that's on a snap -a bottle top. <laughs> Doc, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but Dr. Heimlich, he was visiting on the set one day, and uh, he was getting regional PR for the, for, for the maneuver, but, not, but he was trying to get that bigger, you know, bigger attention, and it just so happened, I had done the Merv Griffin show a couple of times, and someone had dropped out, and they called the set <coughs> at that moment to see if I was available to take someone's place that night. So I, I said, Henry, this is great. Maybe, maybe we can like, talk to Merv. Maybe he'll put it on the show, the Heimlich Maneuver. I said, come with me. So finish rehearsal, shower up, go down, to the, go down to the theater, which was on Vine at the time. And I go there to rehearse the song, no Merv. Get interviewed, no Merv. Henry gets put in the audience. I think, ah, oh, well, we took a shot. It won't happen. So show starts, do the song, and then you go over to sit, you know, by his desk yeah, wherever yeah, to, yeah. you know, get interviewed. Well, there's a commercial. So you have about a couple of minutes where you're just alone with Merv. So I did an elevator pitch about Heimlich, the Heimlich Maneuver. He's in the audience. And he, and he had heard about it. So he goes, oh, interesting. Oh, okay. And then we, the show starts. And out of the blue, out of the blue, he introduces Dr. Heimlich, brings him up on stage, oh. and they do the Heimlich maneuver for the first time on national television. Wow. 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 I wonder and how many lives that saved. Well, well I mean, that night saved a lot. Countless. Well, they they <laughs> aired it a few nights later. It saved a lot. Three weeks later, he was on Carson. Wow. And it blew up. Wow! But that was the—I don't know—that was the Happy Day set. I didn't—I didn't, re didn't realize the Heimlich wow. maneuver was that soon. Yeah. Like, I what did they I do before that? I thought yeah. that was older. They just, they just than that too. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no! no. Wow. It was they had a fabulous <laughs> funeral. So they tapped it. Was always happy, which which would kill which, you. Yeah, which didn't work. So, so anyway, but so through the years we've been very close. And then while I was directing years and years ago, I was directing a show called Slap Max Home with uh, Dabney Coleman, mm -hmm. and we were faking um, Palmdale for Texas. So, and it was hot, and it was like, you know, those, I mean, one of those days, exhausting. And I blacked out driving home. And I ended up, about two seconds later, I'm in the desert, like almost, almost killed myself. So I called Henry, and I, and I told him about it. And he said, Anson, uh, by the way, Henry's an expert in sensory connection of the body to body, how the body helps the body. He said, Anson, cut up lemons, keep them in the car. If you start feeling drowsy or tired, bite into it hard, and he explained how the citric acid of the sour lemon hits the lingual nerve on top of your tongue, and the automatic reflex reaction of the body is adrenaline. Nothing in your system, just your I body, no your body wow. waking you up instantly. And it's the only thing that will work. That and hot pepper, that's it. It's the only two things that will ever work that will stimulate the nerve. And it's just like going to the doctor when you get your reflexes, you know, with the uh -huh. little rubber mallet. Yeah. Especially if he has muscles. Every, uh -huh. Yeah, every time. Boom. So, anyway... <laughs> Through the years, I went into the product business along with the entertainment business. I created, with my partner, products, um, problem solvers, and some very important ones. And a couple of years ago, we're researching drowsy driving. And I don't know if you, you know, 
Alexander, you know the facts. In 2012, they Harlan, found out... Harlan, your amazing PR person sent them to me, yes. <laughs> he is amazing. I'm now, Harlan, I'm Harlan, now is, Harlan's responsible for saving many lives already. So in 2012, <laughs> there were 168 million drowsy drivers a year. National Sleep Foundation. This I had no clue. 168 no million. Wow. 250,000 oh a month. Uh, one out of five admitting to falling asleep so you know it's more. One out of five accidents are caused so you know mm -hmm. it's more. More deaths and tragedy than drunk driving and medicated driving combined. This problem is up there with guns, drunk driving, alcohol. It is catastrophic. And the average, the, the, the average age of death, 18 to 25. But 100,000 100, injuries. That's uh -huh. 100,000 injuries, almost 7,000 deaths, rising every year. So anyway, I thought in this crazy time, I think we can cure this. I call up Dr. Heimlich. I said, Hank, I have this crazy idea. Because I said, will this work? Because you, you're the brain. What if we took a heart his citric acid, combined it with sour lemon, water, a little preservative for self, and what if we just sprayed the, t sprayed the nerve? He said, my God, you'll save more lives than the high of Absolutely, do it. So we did. We created alert drops. Uh, and if people go to a how easy is that? That's it. It's it all they're delicious. I mean, they're really sour. But if you like like sour candy, like mm. it's Allison, I have a feeling you're doing it when you don't need oh, to do Alice, it. Allison, <laughs> has, no, you Allison, did it today. <laughs> yeah. Allison has been a big, big activist in getting they're, us out they're of there. They're awesome. I give them the yeah. my, my husband gets up like insanely stupid early to go to work. My husband Bob has a regular job, and he gets up. He leaves the house by five because he beats traffic and everything. So he's like up at four in the morning, and then he works all day and he comes home. And yeah, he's exhausted. And sometimes. If you get stuck in traffic on the way home, it's like, uh, trying to keep the eyes open. Yeah. And, and he's, he took to like taking oranges in the car, and then we told him about the lemon thing before that. And, and then he said, No, these says, I will be the test drive of the alert drops. I'm like, Yeah, you are you are the serious acid test of this, literally. <laughs> Try this. I said, You're the one who's going to, and he tried it and was like, Whoa, these things. He was calling me from the car going, This is amazing. It's better than coffee. It's better than this. I, I, this is so good. So he handed them out to people at work who work in construction. And some of them are the guys who are out in the yeah. field who are driving, operating heavy mm -hmm. equipment. And they're up at God knows when. After being with the I should, family, I should give that to my right? brother. He's an LA City firefighter. Right. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This should be, uh, it should be in every car. Law enforcement. And it's not yeah. drugs. No, it's it's all natural. It's, right. it's your own body. It's nothing. It's, 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 what happens it's is the nerves that cause yeah. that. It's, it's, it's so sour. Can you mix it with vodka? We did that when we were kids. Like it was the war, warheads. That's like, you right. You had a warhead? Yeah, very similar. Yeah. It's and sensory connection so, so it's a little drop or it's a spray? It's, it's a, a spray, spray drop. Spray drop. Bam. Uh, right on I wish I had that when I was in college. I used to drive from LA to San Diego. Just do one spray at first. Just do one spray at first because a lot of people were trying it out. Harlan had us all doing videos. And I saw people oh, and they did like four sprays. And then they were like, ow, ow. It's like the cinnamon challenge. Everyone just starts throwing up. But what's but what's fantastic is now it's spread out. Uh, hospitals are buying it for their yeah. nursing staff, for, the, for their doctors, anybody who needs to be alert in their jobs, classrooms. I mean, any cocaine's going to go down. Totally. Oh, it's so I much. Wait so to bring it to your holiday so party. Much cheaper. So much oh, cheaper. So, so much cheaper, right? I was going to try it for jet lag because I'm always, you know, and works. I did. Because I, oh. I, I oh, know, flying to Paris. There's just no reason to, uh, to be driving no. uh, no. No. anymore. No, the thing is, like, you don't know, it hits you, though. Like, because, like, I, I never, I never yeah. understood the concept of, like, your eyelids not being able to stay up mm -hmm. until I would be driving home from, I went to college in San Diego and I would always come up to LA on the weekends. And I drive back home late on Sunday nights just to, to beat traffic. And I'd be driving perfectly fine. Right when I would hit like South Orange County, all of a sudden I just would be like, yeah, the eyes right? would just yeah. be but, so But you heavy. never know. Just like when you, you just never remember when you fall asleep. You don't know what that moment is. Yeah. Like when you Netflix 
and binge watch, yeah. you don't you don't remember what episode you fell asleep to. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, also, and also, there's a name for it. I forgot the name, but you can fall asleep with your eyes open. Have you ever driven and not <laughs> realized my, how my you got... My father can do that. My father no, can but have you ever driven and not realized, body, how did yeah. I get here? Yeah, uh-huh. that's you were, call you were, we call that blacking out. You were asleep. You were asleep. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, Thank with you, your eyes Edson, open. so much. Yeah. Uh, and, and well, thank Dr. Heimlich. Yeah. Well, that's your whole crazy. family. Well, if people go to alertdrops.com, they can okay. read all about it, the science behind it, why They're it works, cheap, how too. it works, <laughs> and we made it reasonable, so all lives can be saved. That's so great. no wow, more Edson. drowsy driving no. at all, folks. There, there's no point to it. Either no. do the alert drop or listen to On the Rocks, and you're going to wake up instantly. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you're more fun. Oh. <laughs> the shade has gone up. Yeah. <laughs> Allison, I want to yes. talk about the first time that you were on, that you because obviously you knew on the Larry King Show yeah. in 2004, you knew you were going to step onto that stage yep. with Larry King and yep. talk about child abuse. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a sexy topic. And I don't mean sexy and it's like, oh, it's a sexy topic. In terms of like, oh, it was easy to talk about and it was popular to talk about. Um, but you've turned this into your mission to help other children. You felt the same nerves that I'm assuming women are feeling with coming forward with their story, finally, after years of keeping stuff in. Well, I, I said the other day, I said I was me too when hashtag was a pound sign. Um, <laughs> like, I remember when that just meant pound. Um, yeah, what happened is, is that I also, I was there, I knew why I was there. Is there a very, very f- specific reason, as you know, Harlan, I'm sure can tell you. Um, what happened is, is we were in Sacramento, we were attempting to change a law, which we, we did, we did finally, and we changed it in several states. Uh, there was a loophole in the law called the incest exception. And I know you say that, and everyone goes, ah, what? Um, because, yeah, it, it was that if someone committed a certain type of sexual assault, or pretty much all types of sexual assault, uh, multiple victims, continuous sexual abuse, et cetera, et cetera, particularly disturbing, awful things written out of the law, that what might get you 18 or 20 years, what have you, if it was a neighbor's child, if you were related to the victim in any way, your own child, stepchild, whatever, niece, nephew, you were eligible for not only absolutely zero jail time, but a whole deferred entry of judgment, so you had no record, no registered sex. No it was kind of bananas. And, of course, the reality is is that it usually is someone mm-hmm. known to the child related Absolutely. to the child. Yeah. Um, I actually met a, a defense attorney I was on the radio with, and he was, he was a defense attorney, and he said in 25 years of being a defense attorney, he hadn't had a case where it wasn't the father or stepfather. So it's like, you know, it's usually a relative. So it wasn't really an exception. It was the norm. So you're saying the majority of people who abuse children are going to go free. Wait, what, what? who came up with this? So it was in a lot of states, and we were changing that. And we're having quite a time of it in California. They liked it. There were people in the legal community who found it very convenient. You could basically clear your court calendar because you let you let everybody go. So you did. It was it was easy. Um, and so we had quite the battle. And so I wound up on Larry King, and I talked about how I was sexually abused myself and how difficult it is for people to come forward. How difficult it is when it is a family member or someone close to the family uh, that. Very often, if a child comes forward and says they were sexually abused by somebody else, the family's like, get the shotgun, we're oh, yeah. getting in the truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you say, but it's it's Uncle Joe. And they go, oh, well, eh. And, and then they don't want to help sense. the kid. You don't it's, talk it's, about your family problems in public. You and so don't. it's really <laughs> difficult. And so that's why victims are silenced and it's just terrible. And yeah, and how here this law is making a dis- discriminating against the majority of victims who are like trying to, who are testifying and trying to get the perpetrator put in jail. And it's like, well, sorry, no, he's related to you. We're letting him go. And Larry was great. 
he really was because we had multiple, you know, pre-interviews going over, and he would stop in between. It's like, are you okay? Do you want some more water? Do you want to stop? Do you need more time? Do you want a breath? He, before he said, okay, I'm going to ask you this, this, and this. Now, when I ask you this, don't freak out. You don't have to answer me, but I'm going to add. He was amazing. Well, that's good because I've heard that so that's cool. not his usual yeah. uh, approach. And it, he was also super cool because when we were done, he said, when is this airing? And, you know, the voice in the ceiling said, well, I don't know, maybe next week, it's everywhere. And he said, no, air it Thursday, because he knew we were going back with the law, going back into Sacramento, and then we needed it aired now, because we're talking about specific politicians a lot. And he insisted they air it immediately. Mm. Good for him. And it really, I believe that is why Senate Bill 33 passed in Sacramento. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, so it was pretty cool. And so, I, yes, indeed, the National Association of Protect Children, Protect.org, has changed laws in a bunch of states and at the federal level, making sure that funding stays in place for law enforcement. Uh, the big uh, deal we're working with now, it, when you've seen, like, Jared of Subway being taken away, yes, that's the <laughs> Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, ICAC. The ICAC teams, which are in each big city, are the guys who go online and find the trafficking and the child pornography and all the horrible stuff and trace it. And we make sure that their funding that they receive stays in place, that they're not their budgets aren't cut or, or even expanded. And we have a program, the Hero Corps, where... Um, uh, veterans coming back from the war who may have been wounded and not going back to the regular job for whatever reason can apply and go through a training and then be apprenticed out to the ICAC team. So we're getting the ICACs more manpower and helping wounded veterans get employment wow. and helping, say, we call it the child rescue program because, frankly, in many of these cases, when they find someone who's producing child pornography, when they raid the house, they find the kids that they just saw in the pictures are in the house. Wow. So it is literally child rescue. And we're seeing to it that these things happen and making them happen. And uh, that's what we do. And it's kind of awesome. Kind really of awesome. awesome. I, just, I just, you know, uh, there's always the question out in media, do actors have a voice in politics, in, in, in rights? And, you know, who cares about what an actor? This is testament. This is why they have a voice, because people, people listen to you. Literally, yes. the, the, the hard, cold reality is, is when, when Harl and I were talking to the people at Larry King, and I said, now, do you want other people to come with me? Because the senator, the senator who's d- 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 pushing the bill is willing to come on, and I have the people who drafted the bill, and I have an attorney, and I have a psychiatrist, and I have <laughs> all these people who would like to come on. And she said, very, what show were they on, honey? <laughs> and, like, oh. and she said, look, you know, you know what, you were in their living room. You, yeah, they right. know. They don't know yeah. these other people. Yeah. They're great. They're, yeah. You're in their living room. If you come in and talk about this law and you talk about what's happening, th- people are actually going to stay tuned. It's and true. I said, okay, well, I guess we're doing that then, aren't we? Yeah. I appreciate this work um, as a nonprofit administrator um, because, you know, you, you do. I mean, I can work, I can spin wheels all day and not get anything, any attention. Um, but, you know, the other night we had a, for the AIDS monument, um, we had a fundraiser and Sharon Stone was our special guest. Oh, yeah. She actually just retired last week from AIDS, HIV AIDS fundraising. She, um, it was her last time. But, you know, she walks into her room, she has such gravitas. And like you all, you know, you have this reputation and this, um, you know, and, and the way people see you. So you're putting that on the line. And I appreciate that. You know, Sharon has her story about filling in for Elizabeth Taylor way back in the day yeah. when Elizabeth Taylor got sick. Yeah. And she knew. She and Sandy Berger, her agent, you know, everybody knows Sandy Berger, right? And um, they both were like, our careers are fucked. I think you can say that but, on the show. Yeah, I think yeah. we can say that on the show. But um, and they were they like, we'd have a drag queen on today, so it's only yeah. been said once. Yeah, yeah you're allowed <laughs> twice. The I'm not sure that that was. <laughs> well, well, Howard. Well, I um, also still do a lot of the AIDS activism tests because with with Little House. 
<laughs> I'm able to go and help some of the smaller AIDS HIV agencies around the country. Who, you know, as I say, if you're somewhere out in Iowa, perhaps Madonna isn't coming to your yeah, fundraiser. Right. You know, it may not be a happening thing. So. I can go there, and then also, obviously, I'm someone from Little House plays even better in that part of the world. So, uh, for instance, there's a whole uh, AIDS project of the Ozarks out in Missouri doing incredible work, yeah. incredible work out there. And I did their walk and did a show and a fundraiser for them just last year. And so I'm still doing stuff. If you if you have a small uh, nonprofit out there in the country that's helping people with HIV and AIDS, and you go, we don't really have a lot of celebrities <laughs> out this neck of the woods, call me. Um, so yeah. <laughs> it's, I, oh, and, and you and you're going to the places where the infections are still happening. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of rural over, area, rural no area, absolutely, people yeah. don't realize it's still going on. It's really bad. Yeah. And, and carrying on with the activism, Michael, you are a very interesting figure. You know, you're you're openly gay. You've you've had your partner for, for 10 plus years? Yes, yeah. But it's funny because Which really means 50 in gay years. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> it means like most. That's any marriage. It's true. But it's funny because it's not like, oh, you know, uh, your, your character's are beyond sexuality. Mm -hmm. They're they're character driven, and it's 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 about this this mind. So we don't say, oh well, he should be uh, a gay activist. You've done activism for the gay community. You've done activism for for animals. It's really kind of like you're kind of a silent hero because people don't expect you to be an activist because of the roles that that you play. Yeah, which I actually think like is a door in itself to change people's opinions about what they think something is or someone mm -hmm. is. Um, and like you were talking about it, it, having that door, I think there's a responsibility there to to really spread the word and, and to help. Um, uh, and I, you know, I had my own journey and I had my own journey of of finding myself and expressing myself and be becoming more comfortable. And a lot of those people, a lot of people in the world or a lot of teens or or people are struggling with finding that voice. So if I can help them get there, then that's great. Um, and with animals, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a given for me because I've always loved animals and boxers. My, my partner had a boxer, and so I became a huge fan of boxers all of a sudden <laughs> as opposed to, I mean, I was raised a retriever. He's not talking about the animal. How do we go off on that tangent? <laughs> Here we Sorry. go. Our, <laughs> my lawn shorts. Our new charity, which will be driven next week's holiday party. <laughs> um, <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so Boxer Rescue Los Angeles is a great um, no-kill shelter in Sun Valley, and the, their rate of getting adoptions out is, is really quick and you can volunteer every Saturday and Sunday um, Sunday they have a, a little workshop for new volunteers and so I'm always making my way out there and um, and I've recently been trying to get involved with I was involved with Hurricane Harvey mm -hmm. and Austin Pets Alive um, it's on my list to just I, I need to try and get involved with Ojai and, and what's happening right now with the fires because it's you know we're here in LA and the fires have moved on but I think the the, the fire right now in Ojai and Ventura is like 20% percent It's totally out of control. But here's the thing, it's, it's really inspired people in thinking about the animals because uh -huh. we saw this, exactly. this guy literally rescue mm -hmm. a rabbit from the fire. Yeah. You know, it's, it's and and, and, and the, the, the messages have gone out to people to yes. say, listen, the, I, I got this wonderful text the other day that, that said, you know, the wild animals are how, losing their homes. They're going to be coming down from the hills. 
bring your pets inside because yeah. they're going to be in yeah. danger. Yeah. But put water outside put water because out. these poor animals have lost their homes and they're just right. I was like, I've never I seen they found, they found like 30 something horses. like that before. Yeah. 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 And I mean, of course, we it's need great. to think about the people and the families and the babies and the mothers and, and everything. But I think the animals are often forgot about. So um, it kind of started with me with Hurricane Harvey. And so... I'm and and pets get lost in the fire. I was just up in Northern California yeah. where you know, they had the Santa Rosa thing and that whole right, place was right. leveled. Uh, PAL, uh, pets are loving support. There are these teams that were going out in the fire area because people fled very suddenly and cats and dogs yeah. were off and running and they yeah. couldn't save pets. And they're finding cats and dogs still alive, like wandering, trying mm -hmm. to find their owners. Yeah. And they're going walking they're out pissed. into this total fire area. Yeah, they are. They're just that there were cats yeah. like sitting on the foundation. Well, cats are always pissed. No one is feeding me. No one is I burned this down. <laughs> they, they're scooping them up and bringing them back, and some of them yeah. they're able to get them back with their owners, mm -hmm. and it's amazing right. because they said Fantastic. that's the problem. They said dozens, uh, thousands of cats and dogs just like took off in the fire, and there's people's pets, and they've lost everything, and now they're getting their dogs and cats back. And yeah, or often like in Austin with with Hurricane Harvey, yeah. uh, we, they took a lot of like they had a huge gymnasium somewhere where they just had kennels that were set mm -hmm. up for the pets of families that were relocated for the time being, and they kept their pets there until they were able to get into a house right. and stuff like yes. that. You guys, I'm I'm so proud out of the talent and activism in this room. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of chilling, right? And we're talking about so many different uh, generations of TV, from, from classic TV to, to what's happening now. So it's, it's really thrilling. Um, and I'm very excited about that. Um, let's go around the room and give where our listeners can find you. Anson, your social media. Me? Yeah. I'm so bad with that. Oh, you I know. Not. That's what I said. I was like, no. They go, what's your Twitter? Uh, they go, well, I'm, we can go to, I'm on Facebook. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can go there. It's public. <laughs> yes. They can go there. Facebook, yeah. That's about, yeah. And uh, alertjobs.com. That will give you a lot of information, and that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> I am on every venue yeah. known v to mankind and several others. Um, I am on Facebook. I'm Allison Arngram. I am on Twitter at, at Arngram, A-R-N-G-R-A-M. I am on Instagram. I'm Allison Arngram. I'm pretty much on everything. It's just look for Allison Arngram on all of them. Uh, my website is actually now bonnetheads.com, because all you prairie bonnetheads. <laughs> can I become a bonnet? <laughs> you want to be a bonnet? I can, I can even get you a bonnet. I get bonnetheads.com. I have a few, That's the but website. if you'd like to ask. And, <laughs> and of course, uh, protect.org. We love that. Also, yep. uh, visit a minor, a minor consideration, AMC. Uh, that's the one uh, helping child actors. I'm mm. now vice president of that as well. Um, when do you sleep? Never, never. And it's your terrible. husband's out of the house at 5 a.m. And, <laughs> and I'm like doing everything. Girl, that's why. I'm yeah, said I'm you guys said you have to clear am, out so I'm I can go do my you guys to a spa for a weekend. And get my audio book. Yes. <laughs> it just came out, the audio. I did the book like in 2010. I didn't do the audio. So now I just did the audio. We had some pictures oh. of you and actually it's like in, in amazing. The I, yeah. It was really, really fun. I got to record the whole thing. So, yeah. Very cool. Michael Mays. And I'm on um, Instagram and Twitter, just as Michael Mays. I made it nice and easy. Uh, I'm going nice to find M A I Z E. M A I Z E, yes. I'm not on Snapchat. Are you on Snapchat? I am, but I was like, you know, I don't know anybody my age on I think Vine 2 is coming Vine 2. I feel so out of it. I can't even tell you. Being a social representative, can you tell us about Because I was just asking like someone the other day who was so good with social network, like, what is next? Well, it's a V2, and it had like the the Vine V, so everyone's like, oh, so Vine, because Vine went is down. Is Vine back? Well, yeah, well, no. apparently I it's, liked a, it's, Vine supposed to it's supposed to come back. No one, okay. no one has any idea what Are we aspects. bringing back MySpace? <laughs> <laughs> I, think that, I liked MySpace. I think that's still there. That I'm familiar with. That was the beginning. That was the first one. Justin Timberlake phones MySpace. That was like four years ago, wasn't it? What? 
Uh, Justin you guys, Timberlake? Like, yeah, that was like that was like. What do I have to do with Justin Timberlake? No, no, no. I was gonna say, <laughs> you guys, we're gonna watch the trailer <laughs> tomorrow on night on Sci-Fi. Uh, Happy, which mm. is such a great premise. But wait, what does this have to do with Justin Timberlake? No, Who I'm cares? It's your show. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. You guys, we have to watch the trailer for My tomorrow's space. episode, which is Wednesday night. You guys have to watch to episode two of Sci-Fi's Happy. Let, let's take a look. Yeah. I'm totally going to watch this. Yep. Yeah, it's really... Sorry to disappoint. Oh. I ain't nobody's daddy. Oh. What are you running from? That's someone that's had a job for a long time. I saw time. what you did to all those bad guys, Nick. If you can do that, you can save Bailey. Nick Sachs, the only man you ever loved. He broke up his marriage, wrecked his career. I bring you Sachs, and we're even. I'm trying to locate a man. Looks like Santa Claus if you ran him over with a Mack truck and sprayed him with cat piss. <laughs> you owe me. I don't owe you anything. You've never been lucky. The hell angle are you running? I got a little blue horse. There's our boy. Hand. When I left Haley, I was good. Now I've snorted narcotics. It's like kissing God! <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? We're gonna case. I'll take you to it. <laughs> Tomorrow night. Wow. That's Michael's first episode, so yes. please tune in. I'm really excited about this show. It's so wacky and violent and funny and crazy, <laughs> and, and, and Christmas at the same time. Yes. And and my yeah, and the, the, my role is really whacked out and fun and I smoke a cigar, I have gold teeth, wear a cowboy hat. Um, so butch. Oh yeah. You're like the uh the, the village person character that didn't make it to the final round. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Thank you, Michael. Can't wait. <laughs> okay, you can find me on Facebook at Steven Edward Daler, uh, Twitter Steven Daler, and then Instagram the only Steven. And Daler is D E H L E R. Yes, it's German. Yeah, well, uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> that, that facts. <laughs> and I'm actually going to plug what I'm working on, which is uh, AIDSMonument.org, the AIDS monument that's going to be built in West Hollywood, California. And uh, also, I started a resistance group um, because of our Roar. president called Roar. So oh. you can find Roar on Facebook, Roar Magazine Resistance, and Instagram. And uh, we meet the second Sunday of every month. And we've had Adam Schiff. We've had. Uh, Karen Bass, we've had, um, what'd you say? Ted Liu, we've had, um, we're about to have Gavin Newsom. I mean, we're having great speakers and then issue-oriented um, education for voters so that they can go out and know what they're talking about. You guys, what a fun, fun episode. I had such a great time. Uh, tune in next week for our crazy office party, I guess, with Joanna Cassidy. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much. Um, and then we're going to, after the office party, we're going to take a few weeks off, and then you guys next season, uh, it's just it's just crazy. You guys, I love you guys so much. What a fun, fun Yeah, episode. thank you, Anson. Thank you. And thank you, you for all thank you, you do for the community. Yeah. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you so much. You keep the show going, and we do listen, so send your comments to info at ontherocksradioshow.com. Mama Rose, I hope you're still with us. She's probably, Mama Rose. Yeah, yeah. That Mama Rose. Rose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a new baby daddy. <laughs> okay. Bye, see you next Bye. Tuesday. See ya. Bye. <laughs> oh my gosh. This has been On the Rocks with Alexander every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Find me on Facebook on On the Rocks Radio Show. Tweet me or Instagram me at On the Rocks On Air. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs>